0: Welcome to episode 235 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man behind the board at 10.37 on a Monday night. It's Russell John Fisher. What up? RJ, how you doing? want <laughs> that. Threw me off. <laughs> I don't know. I'm okay. Have I ever called you RJ? No. It weirded me out. Oksana Valeria of Osachi, how do you feel about RJ is the name? I don't like it. No. Mm-mm. Call her by initials. Dolo. O- I don't cut
1: them. Go ahead. I was going O V. I would go O O. O O.
0: O O. O O. There you go. <laughs> o O. That's what I was looking for. O O. <laughs> That's pretty good. How we doing? What do you mean? <laughs> I mean, it's busy week. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm tired, but I'm ready. Busy week. Doing the intro for this. We had a great guest. Ricky Umberger. Is this the second time we've had yeah, Ricky Number on? two. Number two has been a couple years, I think, since we had Ricky on.
1: Oh God, he was episode one thirty. Oh.
0: So I think man. it was like, yeah, two years. Yeah, that was a while ago. Yeah, because I saw it's 2019, I believe yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, it's been a while since we had our, our pal Ricky on and he joined us. Um full disclosure, we did have a little bit of a problem with the Zencaster application, which we used to record. Uh, these interviews, and uh, Ricky was having some issues with Zencaster, so we had to drop out of that and go into Skype. Uh, that whole process took about a half hour, as we also got him on the phone and Skype at the same time. Yeah. Uh, very very fun uh, antics that, uh, unfortunately, you will never hear.
1: Well, I mean, you might. It all It's up to Randy. That He's is, the god of that. That is true. But on, on top of that, when we were talking to him, Zencaster, he was talking through the mic on his laptop. So I feel like it was probably a good choice we made.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it all worked out. And he sounded much clearer when, yeah. we, when we got on the Skype. But uh, Ricky, of course, is the uh, writer, director, star. Uh, uh, he does everything on uh, the Fear footage, uh, one through now, three. Uh, so Fear footage 3 a.m. will be available on March 19th, I believe, um, on Amazon Prime. And I think he, uh, he'll he have the Blu-rays. Yeah, he'll definitely be doing a Blu-ray thing. Getting ready to ship out, too. So he's, he's you can get pre-sales right now, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. So check that out, Fear Footage. Um, Ricky Umberger, our pal. But before we throw it to all of that, Oksana Valerina Osachi has some movies to tell us about on VOD.
2: Yep. Um... The first two I'm going to mention will be out by the time this episode goes up. Um, the first one being uh, The Stylist.
0: Oh, yes. I've read a lot about this on Twitter. Good things? The director of this has been very vocal and also been very vocal about the negative reviews that her film has received.
2: <laughs> it just screened with uh, the Liverpool Horror Club. I and saw that. Yeah, she did a QA and a with uh, Miriam. I believe Miriam did the yeah, um, and I've only heard good things about her um, and this movie. So I don't know what kind of negative reviews it's been getting, but it so that came out March. Um,
1: it's a horror movie. They always get negative reviews. Yeah,
2: I, I could see it possibly getting con- compared to like, what, like Sweeney Todd. Those scissors, something.
0: those scissors looked a little rusty. <laughs> I can tell you, I had rusty scissors and I soaked them in vinegar. <laughs> Miracle.
2: <laughs> Cut anything with those. She just
0: needs to take those, and put them in a vat of vinegar, and she'll be good.
2: They don't look that sharp either, so.
0: Vinegar can also help with that as well. It's a miracle you drug.
2: It like Pinterest. Pinterest loves vinegar. You know,
0: my mother, she drinks vinegar on a regular basis. Yeah. Apple cider like it helps, vinegar? It helps cure yeah, all of it.
2: I've heard, yeah, there's apple cider vinegar pills people be take because it's too gross to drink straight. Vinegar
0: pills? Mm hmm. It sounds like a terrible beer I would never drink <laughs> Do you remember those
1: like Try vinegar pills What was that guy's name? Something Trudeau He had like the cures they don't want you to know about Do you remember those books? They were big Justin
0: Trudeau? The I, Prime Minister of Canada? I, I don't know Yeah Canada? Yes, Canada Thank you
3: for he, up the In
1: money. those books he was like a cure for dandruff is uh, vinegar And oh. I remember I had a buddy who tried it He's like it worked And it's like you fucking reek dude
0: Like dude
2: my yeah. <laughs> sister had. She tried that a long time ago. She had a little spray bottle with vinegar in a bathroom we used to share. I didn't know it was vinegar when I sprayed it in my hair, and I was just like, "Oh my god, it was awful!" My
0: mom, yeah, vinegar is, cures everything. Vinegar or uh, isopropyl alcohol. <laughs> One of the two. It'll take care of it.
2: I've heard vinegar and like lemon juice or whatever.
1: This Wait. is what we do at 10 p.m. at night. Is just sit around and <laughs> g- trade vinegar stories.
0: Um, Salt and uh, vinegar? Excellent chip.
1: Vinegar syndrome? Extra. Extra. <laughs> they are good extra. Bo- bu- good boutique. Hey, <laughs> vinegar, vinegar syndrome. Man. You're extra.
2: <laughs> extra good. Um, also out this week, um, <laughs> the day after Stylus comes out, um, Dementor will be out. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I don't have it written down if it's VOD or.
1: I think it's VOD. It's VOD.
2: VOD. Well, VOD Dementor. Do you um, not
0: remember? We waited ten minutes for to find that information before we recorded the episode yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, and then you were like, "I think it's VOD." You were like, "That sounds good."
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was like a decade ago at this point. <laughs> um, from direct writer director Chad Crawford Kinkle, friend of the show. Former guest, um, writer, director of Jughead, Jugface. Not Jughead. (laughs) Whoops. Yep. Um, So that's going to be out March 2nd.
0: Also, maybe a little bit more from Chad in a few minutes. A Clark little bit more. (laughs) Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) A Clark little bit. You already said that. No, but I mean, that should be a YouTube thing. No, it should Twitter, a Clark little bit. Hashtag Clark little bit.
0: It surprises me of like how much excitement you have for my name I, of like you know this is all chartered territory. I know, I know. Okay, I, it does make me very happy. I know, but it's like it's, it's all we've we've discovered these islands.
1: Well, Clark, Columbus, Clark Little. I'm like we could use that. Your initials could be like Chicken Little, oh and then we could God. do the bits that are falling from the sky or yeah. Like Sonny, you gotta get out my house. <laughs> I like how she just went to like showing pictures of Dementor <laughs> while I was like talking about nothing. Okay. You can have it back.
2: All right. Um, so I mentioned Safer at Home. Last, last, the last two weeks, I think I mentioned it. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's currently playing at the Balboa's virtual cinema, but in looking that up, I also found 17 Blocks, which is a documentary screening at the Balboa's virtual cinema it's a documentary using two decades of intimate home video. Um, the story of the Stanford Sanford family, who struggle with addiction and gun violence, eventually lead to a journey of love, loss, and acceptance. I liked the uh, footage aspect of it. I'm not one hundred percent sure, like about anything else about this movie. Um, but that's going to be out. That's going to start screening at the Balboa's Virtual Cinema um, Friday the fifth.
1: I love watching home movies
2: Right, That's yeah
1: That's not, not, not ironically the <laughs> It flipped You know, The back cartoon in, show? No, well, I didn't like the show I, Why? I did I don't know <laughs> I'm the only one that didn't I like his other work, but yeah Brandon Small Yeah Yeah I like a Clark a Little more <laughs> You like Metal don't you? It's a better size last name, Little It's stronger than Small I think less than him for it I don't know where I'm going with it. I do like Little more than Small Yeah, me too it's tiny would be the worst. Like Terrence Tiny, Terrence ti- Tiny. Yeah, do it
4: just in case.
1: Oh, yeah. first name. What about Little as the first name?
4: Little
0: Johnson.
2: Oh, the the lady who played. Uh- yeah, now that's close no. to home. <laughs> that's too
0: close to home. So.
2: One of the cast members of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think so. First yeah, I was, didn't listen to it, her though. Little Nell. I
4: that's mean, I was there. No. Is she a rapper no. No. from
2: New Orleans? Oops. Lil
0: Nell. L I L. Alright, Osachi, you got anything
2: else?
1: Um <laughs> You looked up yeah. Little Nell. <laughs> you spelled, <laughs> spelled No, it's, it's yeah.
2: Um Yes, yeah, so also starting this Friday at the Roxy's virtual right. cinema. Mm. I had a thing open for it. Maybe not. Oh here it is. Keep an eye out. Mystery thriller comedy. Um, what the? An absurd all night interrogation takes place in a 1970s police station.
0: It's Quentin uh, Dupuy, my man. Okay. Yeah, you From Mandibles. Familiar. Y'all saw Mandibles, uh, which I did not dude, watch. Dude, that was really
1: weird. Go back, hit back on the browser. Yep. Look at it now. It looks like. Okay. It, wait, go down, scroll down. Oh my, I'm, I hate that. Yeah, it's video component. The way that you had it pulled up originally, it said "keep an IOU." <laughs> I thought you were reading it wrong because the poster was cut off. Yeah, I, it's Quentin. Is that who's that? Rubber, rubber, and mandibles. Mandibles was great. Uh, Deer skin. Has that come out yet? No. And mandibles was really. Yeah, good. Yeah. No, I didn't watch it. And you would yeah. love it. I know. You would fucking... Why didn't you watch it? Because I was tired. You were, Yeah, you were leave. burned out. I remember. You, you had done a marathon prior.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I need to watch it. it
2: out. Is movie? I don't think it's out. Yeah, Mandibles was
0: strange. All right, we got anything else?
2: <laughs> I know, that's
0: it. Pretty questions, queries, concerns, or comments, please direct those at Podcast at Overlook Theater. Com. Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, the other one. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy. It's not any my business what you do on your own personal time. The Overlook Hours available on Facebook is the Overlook Hour. The Overlook Hours available on Instagram is the Overlook Theater. And the Overlook Hours available on Twitter is the Overlook Hour. Find us, like us, comment, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Russell.
5: Um, we're on YouTube too. Remember album. that.
1: Go
0: on there and watch them. I think
1: Oksana's behind a week now, but uh, we'll catch up.
0: <laughs> For the absent. Randy Michael Statt, the present Russell John Fisher, and the present Oksana Polarinova Osachi. I am Clark William Little. Until yeah. episode 236, why don't you go out there, do the best you can, and then die? Randy, take her home. ran down my legs as a razor-sharp finger moved down my back and unzipped my skin. It was in that moment I realized I shouldn't have paid to lose my virginity to a vampire hooker. That was a good one. that actually got a punchline and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take that army hammer. Oh, it wasn't him. It's not army hammer. That wasn't a DM? <laughs> There's plenty more to choose from. <laughs> oh. But it's pretty much the same thing. I want to be your master. Do you want to be my slave? Let me keep your toe in my pocket. We get it on. Yeah, that wills run dry. But this was a good one. Who was Oksana, who did this one?
2: This was uh, submitted by Chad Crawford Kinkle, the writer and director of Dementor, which will be out by the time this episode goes up. It'll be out by um, March 2nd.
0: You mean former guest and current friend, Chad Crawford Kinkle?
2: All of those things, yes. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I think he wants
1: to come back on, too. And I'm like, really? (laughs) I love it. it. People are starting to return to the show. I don't know what's happening. Kinkle gets it. Do you understand? Yeah, but for three years, I tried. I'm like, hey, man, we should hang out. Let's do things. And now- Barbara Cranston was number
5: five.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She changed the whole show. We wouldn't be doing
0: Skype at all without her. We did Barbara. Yeah, because she refused to come in from Marin. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jordan Brown came in studio. Yeah, no, we well originally it was, the rules
1: originally were local and in studio only. And I don't know why the fuck. And then know. we've got Tom Malloy. And you know what? It sounded know. like shit anyway. The acoustics in the fucking Disney dungeon, it was terrible sounding.
0: And Randy, you did a few in the Disney dungeon, did you not? Yeah, I was there for a little bit. Hey, speaking of being there, I'm still here too, so I'm just
3: going to bounce out. <laughs> All
0: right, good seeing you. Bye. He's a dick.
5: <laughs> He's had a rough week.
0: More to come. He, He's he, got a big week coming up. What, he got like a Manny Petty. Looks good. Oh, let me tell you something. His hands are immaculate. He, I think he's a hand model. His face has gotten progressively worse. He could be a hand model. Oh, 100%. Dude. Oh, man. And
1: uh, I don't know if you saw it, but one of the movies I'm going to talk about, Oksana pointed out that there, one of the cast was actually named Seven. I'm like, you're lying. Somebody really did it. Yeah. I, I, I hope they're young enough that it lines up with Seinfeld.
2: But it's spelled oh. with an I.
1: Yeah. S-E-V-I-N.
0: Well, then that could be like.
1: No, I don't know. Cultural <laughs> or something.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, that could be. It's like Israeli or something. Oh, I, know, well, I that, don't know. The age will tell. Yeah, look it up.
1: Yeah, that's a tease for a movie I'm going to talk about. Oh, so you got it? No, no, I didn't look it up. Oh, but, this, but, but I'll reveal yeah. what movie seven took part <laughs> in.
0: <laughs> all right. Randy, how are you, babe?
4: I'm doing all right. How are you guys? How How was your week? Uh, you know. Same old. God. Nothing nothing exciting.
0: You didn't get out there in the world this week?
4: Uh I got out in the world a couple times for uh for work. And then I've just been sitting at home going at this one thousand piece puzzle that I finished this morning. Are you joking? <laughs> no. <laughs>
5: what was the I puzzle? stayed
4: up I stayed up late the last two nights trying to finish it. How late is late? Uh eleven PM on Friday. My man. And midnight last night, which oh. is Saturday. Oh, okay.
5: okay. <laughs> Randy's good times over in, here. Man.
1: That's what, that's how, what, <laughs> the way to get you to stay up till midnight is give you a puzzle.
4: What's the puzzle <laughs> of? Just a bunch of movie posters.
1: Okay. His life. I was expecting cats or coffee. <laughs>
4: Randy, I know him. I only like one of those things.
1: You don't like the puss, bro?
4: I know I hate cats, (laughs) (laughs) the film and uh, the animal. We almost, almost got you to watch cats. Almost. Who threw that out? Was it Robbie? No. Yeah. It
1: was Robbie. Okay. I mean, I wasn't
4: just going to leave once I got there, you know, if you put on cats. I know.
1: I I couldn't do it to you. To be fair, I don't know if we talked about it on that episode with Robbie, but I'm the one that pulled the plug on that. I felt bad. It felt (laughs) like like a terrorist hostage
0: situation. I don't know. He would have been fine. He had a couple bro dogs. Yeah. He would have enjoyed it. Yeah. He would have yeah. changed his wardrobe after watching it. He may, he may would have rated it higher than uh, the American psycho. Oh yeah. Maybe. For sure. Brandon, what'd you get that too American psycho? The, the, you, what? me and madness.
4: You me madness? Oh uh, yeah. I think it was a two.
0: <laughs> yeah. You would
1: have really, you know, strategic marathoning. That could be a thing where we pick films that are going to be like they're just going to bomb just to give other films like a little weight i think that could work
0: well i think i think we've kind of done that in our previous uh marathon? cookout mar- movie marathon yeah you're yourself. right yeah like kung fu barbecue we kind of set it up that way yeah like the first like one kind fu of like kung fu barbecue we couldn't find one so you just found a random one on youtube i think yeah, I can't remember what it was. And I can't remember the movie you couldn't find. I'm going to look it up.
5: <laughs> uh, by
0: the way. All right. Well, we, we're on a little bit of borrowed time here. As we we're supposed to call our guest at 5 o'clock. So we're going to power through this intro, which, I mean, look, have I eaten my words in the past? Yes. <laughs> Hopefully I don't deep fry them because I think I am Randy, yeah, I, I, told, I made fries three times this week. I fried chicken yesterday. And uh, I, I, I need something else to do.
4: That's what's giving you the acid reflux. What? Fucking killer Fried food.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Why am I looking at James Corden as a fucking cat? I mean, he is a pussy. We can all agree.
4: Speaking of cats and bad movies, uh, do not watch the new Tom and Jerry film oh shit did you watch it yeah it's pretty bad Wait, the you,
1: whole thing so you watch that but you won't watch cats Yeah, you know, explain
0: yourself
4: it was one of those uh, those movies that you put on while you're doing a puzzle
0: it's a puzzle picture sure
4: yeah so uh, I was like half paying attention to it but it's pretty bad so you had some T&J
1: FOMO going on and you're like while I pound out this puzzle I'll have it playing in the background <laughs>
4: No, I just saw people talking shit about it on uh, Twitter, so I wanted to see what it was all about. <laughs> what what kind of shit talking? Just saying that it's terrible and like, you know, doesn't have anything really to do with Tom and Jerry. <laughs> oh, were they yeah. at least violent towards each other? Uh, Sort of. They're in it, but like there's this whole like plot with Chloe Grace Moretz and she like gets a job at a hotel and yeah, it's weird. They're like they're like a B story in the movie. Yep, yeah. <laughs> Tom and Jerry are the B story. Yeah,
0: they get top billing though.
4: Yeah, I don't know. It's wild. Oh, Ken Jeong is in this. Yep, oh, Ken God. shows up. Friend of
1: the show. Look, look <laughs> at him yelling at Barrick in God, the background. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, fuck that dude. God, he has. I a, stand with Barrick. He has a good yelling face, Ken Jeong. He looks like a dude that you wouldn't want to work with. Like he looks like he would not give a fuck about you. And just be angry all the time.
0: Well, he was an internist, so that's a fair assessment. Yeah. I think, doctors, you have to be a little bit sociopathic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, surgeons You, you have to especially. be able to cut, to cut it off. What? Cut it off? He got a Kentucky it off. Kentucker <laughs> it off.
1: you okay? I feel like you're low energy today. It's just I late record. I am not record? low energy.
0: It is late record. Yeah. And it's also we're we're up against the clock here. You said you've got like ninety-seven movies to talk about. Or three. So we got all right, so minus ninety four. <laughs> so let's uh let's get to it. Randog, now I don't think you are currently are you are all the festivals are you in a festival uh embargo here for a minute? You you you're in a little I don't know what I'm trying to
4: say. Yeah, I have no festivals currently happening. You were in a hot streak there. Yeah. I actually didn't watch as much in uh, Slamdance then. I would have liked, but...
0: Oh, yeah, Delivery Animals. Got a little
4: bit of burnout, you know what I'm saying?
0: Well, You, you went in deep, but now you're out there, you're, you're looking for films in the wild, so what do you bring to the table this week?
4: I saw a film <laughs> directed by Tiller Russell. Oh, boy. And it is called Operation Odessa, not Silk Road.
0: You little jerk-off. Uh, it's uh, I uh, watched it, this forever
5: ago.
4: You watched it? No, I meant
0: to. I oh, think, okay. I think maybe I started it, and I said, "Not for me."
4: Oh, I AMA, thought it was. AMA. I thought it was uh pretty good. It's on. It's on Netflix. It's a documentary. It's hour and thirty two minutes long. Um, it's about uh, essentially these these dudes who uh are into uh, the Russian mob and the Cali cartel and the DEA and uh, the stories they tell are very candid and uh, yeah, you don't really expect to, uh, to for people to be this honest about the things that they were doing um, back then. So I don't know. I found it found it pretty, uh, pretty interesting and yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was good and uh, it sounds like it's a lot better than Silk Road. So if you, uh, yeah, and, documentaries about kind of sketchy people and (laughs) DEA and the Soviet union and buying tanks and shit like that. It's uh, it's pretty cool. What now? We got a lot of talking heads in here, a little
0: archival footage.
4: Yeah. There's actually like more archival footage than I would have expected considering a lot of the things they were doing are uh, very illegal. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's stylish enough to like not be boring.
0: Are we dealing with human trafficking in here too?
4: No, just, uh, you know, a lot of drugs. And then like when uh, the Soviet Union disbanded in like 91 or whatever, essentially you could just go in there and like buy anything, like, buy airplanes, buy tanks, buy shit like that, you know, if you had uh, the money and the means to transport it. So Yeah, I can do that on GTA 5 right now.
0: <laughs> just open up my phone, go to cash and carry, and it's done.
4: So yeah, give that one a shot.
0: <laughs> What'd you rate big... letterbox? Out of, out of five, how many?
4: A three. It's solid. <laughs> Three's Eight good. Three is solid. I would watch a three again.
0: I'd watch a three again.
4: I would not. You're,
0: I, I think I'm getting closer to understanding your yeah. logic. I'm not there yet.
1: Yeah.
4: It's close to three and a half.
1: Like, if I rate a movie a three, ask me about it in three months. And uh, you'll get my reaction did I watch
5: that what are you talking about
1: (laughs) I I put a three up recently and in it I put I would not watch this again actually it's one of the movies I'm talking about Okay, another tease tease. (laughs) I know
4: (laughs) the (laughs) teaser (laughs) what else you got Uh, I finally watched the new Rodney Asher film A Glitch in the Matrix also documentary oh this is out yeah, it's out. i um, will be dope. Yeah, I think it was like a $6 rental or something on, on iTunes, so not bad. Um, yeah, it's very much a uh, Rodney Asher documentary. You got a bunch of, uh, you know, weirdos talking about simulation theory and kind of like their weird thoughts about it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I uh, I think if you're into that kind of thing and ready to uh, just kind of dive into it and be cool with watching... Uh, just these interviews. So the interviews are kind of interesting. They're, they look like they're done over Skype or zoom or something, but, um, all the, well, most of the people are actually, um, their, their person is like a digital, uh, avatar. So it's kind of like working the sort of like simulation thing into that. Um, so it's interesting. It has, yeah. Um, I think there's like four main people interviews and then there's a bunch of Uh, clips from an interview with Philip K. Dick when he was talking about essentially simulation theory like way back in the day. There's stuff with Elon and uh, yeah, talking about, you know, his ideas on simulation theory and whether we're in one or not. Um, And then there's another guy who's kind of like sort of has more of my opinion of like the simulation theory thing where it's like, well, if we're in it or not, it's like it doesn't really matter how we live our lives, you know, like we're still in it. We still got to like do the things we got to do, uh, type of thing. But I don't know. I found it interesting. It's kind of wacky. Um, and it also gets a lot darker than I expected towards the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you, uh, so essentially people, um, since the matrix came out, there is a thing in court essentially called like the, uh, the matrix defense or whatever. So essentially they'll say like, yeah, I thought I was in a video game. So it's kind of like a, it's close to like the insanity, like claws or whatever. Yeah. um, the Yeah. So, um, it goes into that and some guy who thought he was, uh, you know, potentially in a, in a simulation and did some kind of horrible things. So it gets, uh, yeah, it kind of ends on a dark note, but overall I, I I dug it. Now, Randy, I like how
1: you opened up with, some weirdos talking about their weird ideas of the film.
4: How come you feel like belittling these people right off the bat, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, after I was saying it, I already was regretting saying that it was weird. <laughs> Cause, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, you know, when I'm watching documentaries or whatever, I, I do want to believe people, you know, and I, I think it's actually rather interesting. I just, it's not a, I don't know. Like, I think it's it's plausible, but probably not possible for me.
1: Yeah. In other words, you think they're dumb?
4: No, <laughs> I take that back. No,
1: you know it. Rodney Asher does a good job of interviewing people with interesting theories and uh, who are themselves characters for sure. And man, I loved Room Two Thirty Seven. And I think a big part of the reason why I started doing the Overlook Theater is I like having those kind of conversations with people. Like, yeah. Let's, you know, let's talk about this movie and think about, you know, different things. I mean, me and Clark uh, went on um, a podcast and did that with the Blair Witch, kind of. What was that? That was um Des- Desmond's podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird coming at it almost on the spot. But like, if you really like a movie and you sit around and think about it a lot, you can come up with like some pretty interesting ideas. And I think, you know, The Shining and The Matrix are clearly films that people enjoy a lot and yeah. uh, like to you know wrestle around with. I would just like to see people do this kind of stuff with like indie film or stuff that doesn't get a lot of attention. Like I would like to see a Rodney Asher documentary about like under the skin or something. But I think there's so much critical discourse that it wouldn't be as fruitful as like a Matrix movie mm-hmm. which kind of got abandoned after that third film. And I don't know. I I, I didn't know this was out. Otherwise, I totally would have watched it.
4: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, out for a couple weeks, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. And also I know I'm backtracking, but, um, I mean, <laughs> I mean weirdos as a term of
1: endearment. Randy, shut the hell up. They are weirdos. They're in a damn documentary with their weird dark web ideas of what the matrix <laughs> really is. And then what, what, so there was a crime and somebody actually used the defense of like, Oh, I thought it was playing GTA.
4: Sort of. Yeah. And, um, he may or may not have been listening to uh drowning pool. But the bodies hit the floor while he committed said crimes. Really? Yes. All right. That's cool. That's fucking interesting. He, he's
0: forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, well, in horror movies. What kind of crimes? We talk of murder? Yeah.
1: Okay. Who'd he kill? A prostitute. He was like, in GTA, it's <laughs> just what you do. You get your money oh, back. Yeah. Come on. They're not paid <laughs> No, but, you know, like drowning pool. Get your $16. That's a detail that would, like, it would gut a horror movie. Like an audience would be like, oh, this isn't going to happen with Drowning Pool. But in real life, the <laughs> the weirdos, you know, it's disturbed. <laughs> That's the band that triggers them, gets them out there and possessed. And Randy, you sold me. I want to watch it. What did you rate it on a uh, Letterboxd?
4: Three and a half, I think. Oh, ho, ho. Oh.
1: Also, I hate, I hate the trend that we have now where we ask each other that. Like, I fucking hate it. I don't <laughs> know. It's interesting because you kind of get like, you know, everybody's got their parameters. So we know that Randy liked this more than Tom and Jerry. It was pretty helpful.
0: <laughs> Frankly, I just think it's a good way to button up the uh, to end the it talk to move to the next thing. Yeah, but I hear it on a lot of podcasts. I'm like, yeah, it's good I've never happen. heard it and I listen to all the podcasts. No, you don't. Me.
1: You listen to comedy podcasts. Correct. What film podcast you got? Go ahead, plug them.
0: Talking Joe Rogan experience, all right. baby, where he talks about <laughs> fucking Hitchcock. Hitchcock's good, man. He's really good. (laughs) He
4: did say he likes Under the Skin, though. Yeah.
0: Well, that's a fucking trippy
1: movie, man. You know, I had notes like two months ago where he he got deep into like film talk and it made me so mad. And I didn't want to bring it up. Did y'all notice
0: in the uh, Tim Dillon trailer that he made this week uh, that he put Joe Rogan as a quote? In there. But, oh, and no. You missed it? No,
1: I didn't see it. I only watched it that one time. Yeah.
0: So in the trailer, he, uh, you know, he's got different like critic quotes. Yeah. In yeah. It, and one was from Joe Rogan. And it said, Yeah, man, it's a good movie,
5: man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you set up that trailer? Just oh, in man. case people don't know about it. So Tim Dillon on his uh, Patreon uh, went on a rant. Uh, Tim Dillon is a comedian. Uh, went on a rant about uh, what's happening now with crypto wallets. Where people are getting locked out of their uh, crypto accounts to access their money for various uh, cryptocurrencies that they have purchased in their online wallet, and they have lost the password and they cannot access the funds. So he said, "Can you just imagine? There's this working working class family in Boston, so outside of Boston, and like Tommy, we dad dad put a bunch of money in the internet." <laughs> He's got a wallet on the internet and we got to get the password, Tommy. And so he just makes up this trailer idea within well, actually a few days later, he made the trailer uh, with his opener and um, it's great. I think it's already got like a million views on YouTube. Yeah, the
1: A 24 tie in was perfect.
0: And, and the, I mean the music in the background, it's all, it, it works perfect.
1: Well, I mean, I, you know, I've been uh, making a joke of getting into crypto lately, but I have been like, you know, learning the terminology and everything. It's there's a lot to learn and i learned that that is a real thing that happens regularly and it's actually pretty good for the market when you have a dude who you know has 38 million dollars in his digital wallet and then is locked out of it yeah yeah it's good it's good for the market <laughs> but it's also very oh. fucking real and again it it's not just like bitcoin and cryptocurrency that can happen to your fucking macbook because they also have a oh, yeah. sec- they have a security setting like that too
0: I defaulted on a credit card about ten years ago because I couldn't remember the password to get back into my online credit card account, and I just let it go. But I'm sure you could have figured that
1: out, right? Recovery email? Could or something? I
5: have? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I was hacked.
1: You from. get you get so fed up with technology, like you're like an eighty year old man, like daily. You're just like I I can't figure it out, and then you're like angry and. It's yeah. like, dude, all you have to do I is do, click that button. Bl- <laughs> I do that with everything.
5: Though.
1: I do that with everything. Oh, imagine if you had $38 million tied up in an account.
0: We'll get a new fucking shower head now. I, <laughs> that thing's useless.
1: Oh, man. Yeah. Again, Randy,
4: tell me next time there's a cool movie
1: out. Or come over <laughs> and watch it with us. That'd be fun.
4: Also, I'm pretty sure Oxana plugged it on the show, like saying it was on <laughs> I'm uh, sure she Roxy did. Virtual yeah. Cinema. So.
1: We got, we're got we juggling a lot of balls over here, okay? And uh, I need people to constantly poke me, to remind me, to tell me to do things <laughs> that I want to do. And uh, there are people that do that, and I still fail to do them, so.
0: Brandon, right, you got anything else? I'm one of them. Yeah. Nah, we're good. All right. I saw a film that was released. I believe it's very weak. I also believe... This was advertised on this very show by Oksana Valeria and of Osanchi. The name of this movie is called The Vigil.
2: You watched it?
0: Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Middle fingers in the air. I don't know why. <laughs> Written, directed by <laughs> Keith Thomas. A man providing overnight watch to a deceased member of his former Orthodox Jewish community finds himself opposite... A malevolent—I can never say that word. Malevolent. Nope.
2: <laughs> Malevolent.
0: Malevolent. Malevolent. Yep. Entity. In writer-director Keith Thompson, making <laughs> a fine feature debut. I hate it when they do that. They sneak. They sneak the thing you already said. Here's the deal. The first, first of all, outside of this tradition that is done in the Orthodox Jewish community. Are you familiar of this sitting with the dead? (laughs) Have you ever heard of this as a thing? No. You've never. Randy, Randy Michael. Negative. Okay. So this is something that is done that was done in the South um, in the early days, as far as I know. Now, I only know this because of a famous Mississippi comedian, Jerry Clower, who was uh, originally from Liberty, Mississippi, and then made his home in Yazoo City, Mississippi, which is the kudzu capital of the world. I don't have time to get into it. Kudzu is a horrible plant; It grows three feet a day. It's useless. It just, it's, it's, it's ivy. That's all it is. I love conversations with myself. But <laughs> ivy League. <laughs> there. Uh, thank you. No, nothing to do with it. Kudzu's terrible. There is no kudzu league, I'll tell you that. Jerry Cloward told this story. Um, and I believe it's it's called sitting up with the dead. Uh, he did in an album, I think, at the Grand Opera. We can talk about Jerry Clover later. But essentially, uh, they used to sit with the dead, like to to, to help ward away any evil spirits. I don't, and so I immediately thought of Jerry Clower with this, and this is a very dramatic adaptation of this, so it had nothing to do with the story that was done. By
1: Jerry Clower. Clower looks like fucking Ric Flair. Jerry Clower is much more,
0: he's much more Rubenesque than Ric Flair. Jerry Clower's a big boy.
1: It's like Clower, yeah, there you there you go. Yeah. It looks like fucking Ric Flair right there. Oh, he's a cool guy. <laughs> did you, you would like jerry clower jerry clower i'm tight. sure
0: i like rick flair but see look at that.
2: Is that a raccoon on his sleeve yes
0: so jerry clower sold vinyl siding and uh people liked his personality so he went on he basically did tours uh speaking to uh, uh tours and got a record deal because uh he was funny in the 70s and they're like hey it's the 60s, late 60s, early 70s. Everyone gets a record deal. Here you go. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, he's a giant uh, comedian. Now he's dead. I've been to his home. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is that I, I don't understand this fascination that we have with being scared of the dead. So those are the two things with this movie. of Being around a dead person is scary. Which I don't, I don't think so. Like, if you had to spend a night in a funeral home, would you, Would that be weird for you? Uh,
1: probably. I did not grow up working in one.
0: Yeah i I, know. <laughs> I have slept I have slept in funeral homes m- many times with the dead in the next room. Not a not a problem.
1: Well, I have an active imagination, and if I sleep with the window with no curtains drawn, I constantly think about it. So I'm sure. Oh, as I do could, I,
0: because I think yeah. I'm going to wake up with a sinus infection.
1: No. I always, I don't like uh, when you have a light in a room and then, you know, on the outside, you can see him perfectly. That like freaks me out. My what? Like um, if we're on the ground floor yes. and uh, we have people over and there's lights on in the front room and you have, you know, the screen door is like, vis- like uh the curtains aren't pulled.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: From the outside on the street, it you can see clear as day oh, in the room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. It's the same way in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, we have those like sheer like, (gasps) yeah, it doesn't bother me because at the end of the day, I'm a little bit of a show off. And if someone wants to take a peek, I'm more than happy to give them a show.
1: Yeah, I'm just constantly thinking about dumb shit and like,
0: yeah. Anyway, you know, what's not dumb shit. The vigil.
1: (laughs) Okay, I I thought you didn't
0: like it. No, I really I really enjoyed it. Um essentially our our protagonist is uh, a gentleman that was um he was a hasid he left and the film opens up sort of uh, he's in a i believe this is a recovery group maybe of maybe former hasids I, i'm i'm not exactly sure and i'm sure it was perfectly explained and i just missed that <laughs> um and uh someone from his past comes um outside the meeting place and says, Hey, and I know you're short on money and I got a job for you tonight. I need you to do, be a, a show Now I am brutally, uh, pronouncing the, the term for this, but S H O M A R. And that means that in, in this act of, uh, sitting with the dead, it's typically done by a member of the family. Um, if a family friend or family member is not able to do that, then they will hire someone to do it. And that's the shomar, So, they were asking him to basically babysit the dead and they'll pay him 400 bucks. And we know that he's short on cash. So he, he does it. And some spooky things happen during the night. That's all I'll say. I thought effective scares, uh, did a very good job of, of setting, um, setting the mood for everything. There was no real, um, weird change in tone. You're good so that was good um it it, it basically kept that to, there were a couple stylistic choices that were probably budgetary that sort of i wish they would have gone in another direction but for the most part i loved every direction that it went in for the most part we right? got the
1: director and the cannibal shirt over I think, here
0: i think that is the actor. oh is that the actor i think that's the actor.
1: they look very similar
0: because i think the i think that's the director
1: oh okay Still seeing a cannibal corpse shirt in between three people in, you know, yeah, dress jackets. I like it. There's guys, Chuck Taylors on. Can you go back to the posters, Oksana? There's one that is straight up a Babadook like thing. Is do you get those vibes at all?
0: So I would say, mm, I'm gonna choose my words for lack of a better analogy. I'm going to Wait. say something. But I don't want this to come across as negative. Okay, but it's a hundred percent going to. You've come already set it negative. up like negative now. <laughs> the vigil is his house light. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah,
1: I was mainly asking because of that tagline: a devilish, bone crunching chiller. It's very similar to his house. Well, that sounds like gore, and then the Babadook yeah. look is more like psychological uh, existential horror haunting kind of thing. And I I could see how the house would fall in the middle because there was a lot of like practical if for a haunted house movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want to check it out. Oksana seemed bummed that you watched it. I forgot it was a movie. So once again, I know she's a movie cock. I, uh, I remember I really liked that poster where his head was
0: a candle. So <laughs> as a girl, <laughs> yeah, so I, I
1: vaguely remember that.
0: All right, and then also uh, The Vigil. I believe I gave it four stars. Also, happy
1: 420.
0: Wait, what? It's 420 right now. Oh, <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. Do you got to take
1: a break? We could stop the show for a minute. We don't have time. Okay.
0: <laughs> Briefly, I just want to mention, uh, for the first time in a very long time, I, I, I on a Saturday, I used to be, the thing on Saturdays used to be me go downstairs, fire up the projector, and wash it downstairs for most of the day. Haven't done that in months. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, that would be the first time for me to do that. Went downstairs. Randy made a nice little chicken lunch. Little fried (laughs) chicken. You understand? Also, Mm -hmm. Randy, full disclosure. I may have committed cross-contamination, but I'm fine. (laughs) Here's what happened. I I was dealing with the raw chicken, and then I remember cooking the chicken, and then I ate it. And I don't remember washing my hands in between that. Yeah. Dun dun dun! But I'm fine. It would have happened by now, or else, like, I'm going to poop worms in a couple of days. <laughs> One of those two things. But so I went downstairs <laughs> okay. and I fired up Netflix because I don't have Netflix, Russell anymore. Mm-hmm. Cancelled. No. Cool. More. So I had to check up and see what Netflix is up to. I watched four episodes. <laughs> Of the crew. I don't know what it is. I know. I'm just gonna wait for you to <laughs> see. Uh huh. It looks like Entourage. Uh no. <laughs>
1: that
5: cover definitely looks it's, like Entourage. It's worse.
0: Kevin James plays a NASCAR pit boss. This is not good. This is uh I think it was like from the producer of The Ranch. Which is that uh, Netflix show with Ashton Kutcher and the mustache oh, fellow? That was weird. It's a bad show. This is network television on Netflix. Okay, this is a this is a network sitcom. Um, it's even TV fourteen. So like the ranch is a dirty network sitcom. Like they curse, and they, have, <laughs> they have dirty jokes, and it's weird. Because Kevin it's, James because it's it's within that whole you know network sitcom atmosphere so it's just a weird vibe i don't like the ranch this this is dumb you know it's dumb it goes down easy the things that bother me is that tonally it's very weird and you can tell that a lot of uh, obviously this is scripted but sometimes you can tell that they're they're trying to stretch out these jokes and it's just very strange no live audience there's a laugh track I don't think it's a live audience. Very strange. There was a couple of strange moments that happened. Um, I
1: think that dialogue is really important for the sitcom, where you have like a live audience and they can like feel the jokes out. Yeah. and And that little bit, that little bit of like, we know this is fake. I think that's like an unarticulated thing that uh, you just can't capture when you're doing canned laughter. And there's shit.
0: A, there's a good. Also, you have never seen more advertising in this show. Because it's NASCAR and they use all real sponsors. Yeah. Yeah. It is unbelievable how how much you see in this. Um,
2: Everyone is holding one of those insulated mugs. And, yeah. <laughs> and it shows
0: Yeti. Like they're, they're yeah. showing they're, they're showing the brand. Love a Yeti. They're wow. Yetis. Very
1: uh, you great. know, honestly, though, I'm not surprised. I mean, I watched AJ and the Queen um, with Terrell and Oksana every week, which was the RuPaul show that I talked about on here. And. Uh, even though they were pumped because, you know, they like RuPaul and uh, seeing random drag queens pop up, I was the only one that actually paid attention to that whole show, which it's now canceled. <laughs> and the only reason I paid attention is because the tone was fucking weird and it wasn't a live audience. It's a lot of location shots, which is already weird for a show like that. Like, I feel like if you're going to do a sitcom like Full House or Step by Step or Family Matters, like, what do they all have in common? It's like familiar location. So when you're in like an RV driving around fucking around town, like the, the Kevin James show, it looked like they had the cheers set. Like they're at a bar, but then, you know, she, uh, clicked a button and now they're in a, a gym and you click yeah. again. And now they're in a, a workshop. And it's well, yeah. like, I don't know. I don't it's like that, that. It's that
0: very, it's that very network sitcom thing. It's, you know, the, the three camera. It's the same thing.
1: Well, it's kind of like a happy medium between stage play and like, uh, I don't know film we're like in Seinfeld there are a lot of locations but like if there was a new one we were going to be there a lot because you know they built the set yeah I don't I think something's lost in translation oh, with it's, Netflix. All, it's
0: all very set um, and ultimately it's it's all very suffocating and, and not that original however um, I like Kevin James
1: I know you do and you like uh, vroom vroom cars so I thought you'd be pumped for this week. <laughs> yeah, it does. Show.
0: It's it's not. Oh, it's a it's a bad show. Um, however, I wish it nothing. But does best. it make you laugh? A couple times, Um times. What really bothers me is that there's not a ton of NASCAR stuff. They'll throw in a couple drivers here and there. And of course, like the footage, you know, is, is whatever. What can you do? But. I just wish there was more racing stuff. Yeah, but you know, like, think about whenever... it's like, Ted Lasso does a pretty good job of that. Like, you know Ted Lasso is silly soccer town. However, they they, they approach it like it's a real thing. Nah. This They don't want to approach this like a real I thing. I don't know like, Ted Lasso. Fake Steak is the name of the new sponsor because the 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 main guy who owned the racing team, he's stepping down because he wanted to go to a bunch of luau's in Hawaii. That's, that's a joke. So his daughter from Stanford is taking over. She's 25. And she, of course, she kicked out their sponsor, uh, who was played by Kim Coates, who was great, by the way. Um, Kim Coates is Officer Down. Okay. Yeah. He was great. He owned a barbecue restaurant that that was their sponsor for 20 years. She kicks him out, hires a fake steak, yeah, a mushroom-based uh, steak company. And so now they're the sponsor of this NASCAR team. It sounds like you like the show. No, I'm, I watched four episodes, and like I told you, it goes down smooth because I know what this is, and I'm fine with it. It's just a little frustrating because I want it to be a little better.
1: No, I, I think the on-location thing is what ruins it. Like Whenever I think of um, on-location with Seinfeld, like when they're at a parade, or you know they're at an apartment watching the parade from a balcony, there's always that weird negotiation there where we're in a room, and it's a set. But then they cut to real footage that's like pulled from cable TV and they don't splice well or like they're on the floor of a parade and you're like, this isn't a parade or they're locked up in traffic and it's not real traffic. But then, you know, they'll have like a um, wide shot and it's real traffic that they're clearly not in. Yeah, I think I don't know. I feel like that's an important part of sitcoms. Not that I love a sitcom.
0: Look at that. Look at that logo.
1: Fake steak. It's pretty cool. The Mushroom head and the cow. Yeah, I like it. It's
0: actually not a bad
1: look. Again, up. we're on YouTube if you're <laughs> dying to see this and you don't have a computer in front of you.
0: Will I finish the show? More likely. More than likely.
1: Sounds like it. I would bet on it. All right. Oh, my turn. I'm looking at the notes I took. <laughs> I have three here. I have three pages of this. Oh my God. And I, what I really need to do is I need to write down all these notes and then I need to transcribe them into bullet notes into how to approach this thing. Um all right what do we what, do, what should I talk about first everything I got is from 2020 um let's do a quick one That's I watched brother uh here let's segue from Netflix I watched a um uh horror film from Taiwan called the bridge curse now the bridge curse is one of those things where it's a it's a horror film where when you're a found footage fan you look at the cover and you go what are the odds that this is found footage now the poster is a shot of a hand holding a phone. The phone is recording and they're on a bridge. Now down the bridge, we're doing a vanishing point perspective. There's a person in a chair surrounded by candles. Who's also got a tripod with a camera facing them. Now this poster fucking screams in world camera. So it's like, all right, let's roll the dice and watch it Uh, open up. In-world camera, and, and we're, we're gold. We got the vertical cell phone thing. I love. We have faux documentary playing in. Uh, there's like a, re- a reporter's voice talking about something that happened, and uh, man, it's not fucking found footage. Halfway through this movie, we just there's a there's that first moment happens in every fucking horror film that you hope is found footage. And There's a cut, and it's like who's filming this? And then you're like, oh no, we're out. We're out of the we're out of the phone. We're not on the tripod. We're just it's done. And it's like, what do they think an audience is going to do with that? Now, this one opens up with uh, literally the poster where um, there's a conversation happening. It's being captured by somebody's phone. We're doing vertical camera. And they're explaining the parameters of the, the urban legend they're testing. There's a um, person in a folding chair on a bridge surrounded by candles with a camera facing them. They're also blindfolded. And we're walking towards them. Filming them on a phone. Uh, There's a long string tied to the chair that has a bunch of bells on it. Now, the lady who's filming is explaining it to the people following her that now when he hears the bells, he's going to take the blindfold off and he's going to walk up the steps. So directly in front of him, there are 13 steps.
0: It's very convoluted. Now,
1: when he gets to the top, if he counts 14, if he steps on the 14th step, which is not there. He cannot turn around because if he turns around, he's going to see the ghost of the girl who killed herself on this bridge.
5: Oh my God.
1: Exactly. Now. First, I was like, what the fuck is up with these urban ledges about <laughs> extra steps on <laughs> stairs? Because it reminded me of the ghost trilogy, the ghost school trilogy, the third one that I loved wishing stairs, which was also about if you oh. count to the top of the steps, I think it was 26. We were 10 short of a, a Hitchcock here. You can make a wish to the Fox
0: and then it'll grant you a wish. I mean, but haven't you done that where you're walking up the steps in the dark and then you think you got one more step in your foot? Just you that, almost that is not your kneecap. out of but now,
1: now, So this one, um, what had happened was these kids all vanished that were playing this game. And we cut to another in-world camera narrative where a girl is making a, uh, she's doing like a local news report. So we go into FODOC and she's pulling up articles in this article. She mentions three other schools that are real that all have cursed locations in them. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'm thinking wrong. Maybe it's not the steps. Maybe it's just school. And again, we know like Asian culture, very strict when it comes to education. So I think we're articulating just like fear of school. And I, in the beginning, she mentions that one school has a, um, a lake that's haunted another school has an elevator that's haunted and another school has a whole wing of the campus that is haunted but we're on this lake and this lake the story is that a uh, a recently dumped girl was waiting for her boyfriend and at midnight she stopped waiting and jumped in the water now she haunts the lake and it's like that seems pretty thin so now if you go there and you're blindfolded and you have a string with bells on it and, so, and you hear it jingle, you were supposed to walk up, count, whatever. After this part of the movie, we quickly get away from found footage and it turns into an American remake of like a J horror film where we have a broadcast because, you know, we like a big cast so we can kill them all. Uh, the curse has been enacted. So uh, the ghost is coming for him, but now we're in straight up Bloomhouse territory. It's, it's weird. It's kind of like that Middle Road Bloom House. Everything looks really clear. Nothing's really super inspired and there's like a little it's like a little, uh, I don't know, shooting for the stars when it doesn't really have anything. Except now that we're doing like Asian cinema, the drama is amped up. There's a scene where one of the characters is in a bathroom stall. And the camera creeps up over the stall looking down. So we're taking away his power. And he's having a violent dump episode. And it's like, how am I supposed to feel right now? Should I be laughing?
0: or What's the uh, BGM situation?
1: Uh, I think there might actually be some audio of uh, the bowels being moved. And he's kind of going like, "woo," And it's like, he's like the jock character. He makes a bunch of like gnarly choices in here, too. Well, what about like the the BGM through the whole movie? It- oh no, it's it's very uh, it's heightened like okay. a Bloomhouse film. Like the production is all there, and they they've got like a studio team or something. I don't hate the poster. No, and I'm telling you, it's it's kind of like a not. You've explained the plot to me
0: three times, and I still don't understand. Well, what's going it, honestly,
1: on? Honestly, they kind of it doesn't matter because in the second act of this movie, it just turns into a ghost is chasing them around and killing them. And we get a lot of cool set pieces like at um, one part. So the next group of kids, they're juniors in college. They're going to go out there and recreate the event. So like at one part, um, Typical uh, juniors. These, a guy and a girl, they're flirting and they're working on a fake ghost. That's going to fall from the tree to scare somebody. That's going to do this thing. And they're in a uh, cosmetology room. So in the room, which again is just like the ghost girl, tri- the ghost school trilogy. We have a bunch of heads everywhere. And they even talk about it. They're like, why do we have to work in here? There's so many eyes watching us right now. And it's a cool location. And there's a lot of that. But again, there's just not, there's like not much here. So this is a three star for you. It's a three star. Yeah. And you know, I like talking about it because of all the weird cultural ties in I found from it, but the, the fucking abandoning the in-world camera thing killed me. And if, if you had James one, piloting this movie yeah you would get like a conjuring elevation here yeah. but you don't and it's kind of like the the filming is uninspired six or seven more jump scares there's a lot of jump scares i mean there's one where somebody walks in a bathroom and all the faucets are on and it's straight
0: up like Bloomhouse territory kind of like poltergeisty but like much lower budget i tell you what's more scary if they they turn the faucets on and they're leaking is there an audio cue? You, okay. I hit the button. <laughs> I, it
1: terrified you when your shower was doing that today.
0: It, but first of all, no, that shower's fucked. Go in there and turn it on. Nah, I don't want to. I barely could shower today. Randy, I got to get in their shower head. The thing is fucked. Um, <laughs> all,
1: all right. Now, I got two more. Well, I'm doing good true. on time. Uh, should I talk about a DVD or a VOD? Randy, your vote.
4: VOD, baby.
1: All right. VOD, Randy, you would hate this movie. I think Clark would have a great time with it. Uh, Let me pull up the title because I always get it wrong. It's called Monsters of Man from 2020. This is a sci-fi action film that I would say is a blend of Predator and Terminator in the most true form you can imagine with a director as if it were directed by Michael Bay. Now, the most shocking thing about this movie is, go ahead and take a look at that runtime, Clark. No! It is two hours and 11 minutes long. Much longer than any sci-fi film should be. And I don't mean sci-fi is in the genre of film, I mean is in the channel. Which this movie is totally, it it signals sci-fi channel. Except that the poster and the design of that robot is pretty cool looking. I've seen this poster. Yeah, it's cool looking. So it's kind of like, yeah, I'll is test he, it out. Is it? He, he's
0: got a little USB for a mouth or a nose.
1: He's so um, the only reason I knew about this film is uh, Bill Spataro gave me a call. No Spats. He was very drunk, and he told me that uh, he had watched a sci-fi movie that was pretty gory, pretty cool, and I should check it out. And the only reason I did because he he he's a machine. He fucking digest horror movies all day. This one, when I looked it up on IMDb, I'm like, no, oh, the robot looks kind of cool. And the runtime is fucking almost, you know, two and a half hours. And I'm like, did it earn it? And he's, like, oh, I didn't even realize. And I'm like, that speaks volumes. So then I look up the director. Uh, now, I don't know how to say his name. Mike, uh, Mark Toa? Mark, how would you say that, Clark? Could Toa? Be, could be Toya. Toya? Yeah, Mark, Mark Toya. Now, this is the only film he's done. So I'm like, this motherfucker. Wait, no, he has directed other stuff. Can he go down? No, yeah, he's only directed one thing. And I'm like, who directs? Who makes their debut a two-hour, ten-minute sci-fi CG-heavy movie? So I'm, I'm in. Yeah, if you look at the pictures of the director, they're all really like beautiful shots. Uh, There's a lot of Photoshop work done on him. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I check out the film now. Oh, my God. How do I even begin to approach this? Let me just tell you the plot. Here's what they say. A U.S. weapons manufacturer tests its four killer robots on heroin producers in the Golden Triangle in the Southeast Asia, in Southeast Asia. And then it goes haywire. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, that's weird. The What the movie actually is, is we're introduced to um, an actor that Clark would probably know. Let me, uh, Neil McDonough.
0: Oh yes,
5: of course. So
1: he plays our American government agent who uh works in an empty building, apparently. Now he has hired a dude to pick up a team of software developers for uh these murderous robots. Now the software engineers I believe
0: are, his last name is McDonough.
1: It's I yeah, I couldn't figure out how to pronounce that either. Um it's a thing with me if you can't tell. Now I can't
0: say malevolent, so it's fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um the three dudes who are the IT people, uh, one of them is, you know, the girl. One of them is the uh kind of good looking, nerdy guy, and the other one is the fat dude with the beer who uh, with a beard who always is like the punchline of a joke who's an asshole. They're doing like a comedy bit the whole time. That's not fair. The tone in this movie is so weird. It's imagine a Marvel film. Everything looks beautiful, like it's 4K, everything's shot perfectly but the acting is kind of like a b-movie sci-fi thing but it's captured like it's a marvel movie the tone here is so weird so we get a shot of a plane flying over the jungle and four cg androids drop out of it and that's you know our cover person um they land and their whole thing is kill these heroin people little did they know that mason was among them uh, who's mason he's a navy seal who went mia and now has a family out here in the jungle so <laughs> so, <laughs> so lucky for the bus full of doctors that was there on a charity mission that are all american uh lucky for them that they ran into the navy seal
0: this sounds like a rambo mode. wait
1: hold on we're not done yet so the four androids that landed they're doing software protocol basically what's happening is um, Mark. Uh, how do you say it? Don McDonan? What? I said, I called him McDonough, but it's not
0: Neil McDonough.
1: McDonough. He is um, basically shopping these robots from this tech company. So we have we have this phone tag going on. We have the government guy. We have the head of the tech company. We have one um, mean military guy with the three tech people. And then we have the doctors with the Navy SEAL. Are you, are you Keeping up with me here? Just do it. Uh, There's bullets shoot throughout the town. Many children die in this movie. And um, what ends up happening is one of the robots landed with a little malfunction. So they pull something out and they put, I don't, they talk about modules and all this like pseudo tech shit. It's almost like hackers-esque. And uh, what ends up happening is he gets a little sentient with his AI. So he keeps trying to connect to the internet. So the tech people keep ripping wires out of the wall trying to keep him from getting online because they're like, if he gets online, he'll have access to all the knowledge we have online. And that's a problem. So, dude, the stakes are so high in this movie. The robot actually looks cool. And then we're gifted with scenes where one of the IT people, she sneaks out and she makes a call to her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's currently jogging on a, a bridge in New York. I'm sure Randy could point it out. He's like, one of the 21 bridges. He's like, what's going on? She's like, I got to get the hell out of here. And, and so the, the Navy dude that's like kind of keeping them all hostage, he sees her, turns to the other two in the bay. He says, you're on camera. Don't even think about leaving. Runs down there, gets up to behind the girl. And he says, hey, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, it's just my mom. And she doesn't hang up, right? He's like, oh, are you telling your mom about what's going on here? And she's like, no. He's like, let me see the phone. And she's like, no. So she starts running down the street now i don't know where they sh- it looks like it was shot on location we get this weird chasing where it's a tech girl a military like old kind of ripped guy chasing her and the dude on the phone who's just going what's her name Anne. And he's like and and he's just up on this dramatic new york bridge and they'll cut to him every now and then um i'll go ahead and ruin this scene they do the ghost face thing where like she'll turn around a corner and then like Trip the guy and he'll be like, ooh, and then she'll get away a little bit. Eventually he throws a knife in her back. She falls on the ground. We get this dramatic crying, struggling to hold on to life. He comes up next to her, takes the knife, gets right in her face like a close talker on Seinfeld, it says, Remember, your mom died nine years ago. It's gonna be over soon. Starts stabbing her. They do that horror thing where it's like she's almost like orgasming, but she's being stabbed, and they also go, with the knife cut to her boyfriend what's happening what's happening (laughs) it goes back and he he picks up the phone he's like who is this and he's like what did you do with her and then he hangs up on him so the boyfriend looks at his phone his phone's at zero he goes no so then he starts running home to plug in his phone that the the evil army guy calls somebody else in new york looks like low rent michael Chickless answers the phone he's like he's like uh agent a421 and he's like. Yeah, we got an operative out there. I need you to track the cell phone number. And he tells them a number. Cut to the guy, plugs in his phone, turns it on. Michael Chiklis is in his doorway, shoots him in the eyeball. He falls down dead. This movie is that it, at that pace for two hours and 10 minutes. It is incredibly fun. There's a moment where the android gets trapped in a little tiny ravine in a cave, like comically, like on its side. And he only has one arm free. And for some reason, they all have to jump over him. They're like, hurry, jump. And the robot's going like. Meh, 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 does like, the robot jump. talk? Eventually. The robot literally does the predator thing where it records like a little kid going like, oh, do you want this? And then it will play a bang and be like, do you want this? Okay. And then they do an upgrade and then he has a voice that's like very robotic.
0: Dude, this movie. I was wondering if we have, we're have we having a chappy situation.
1: Towards the end. The robot thing evolves. It's very. Dude, it's an interesting movie. If you look at it, it couldn't look more boring. I highly recommend people check out dude, Monsters of Man. The
0: robots look cool.
1: The robot does look cool. And it every now and then it will look pretty CG. But for this high quality 4K kind of like capture, dude, they it looks beautiful. It's just everything is there. All the technical aspects are uh, 110%. And then the acting. And the script is a little wonky too. But dude, it is so much fun. I recommend watching that with like friends and like having a couple of drinks. Two hours, ten minutes. Don't think about it because it flies by. All right. I and it's an Australian production.
0: Okay.
1: Fucking weird. G'day. And then uh, yeah, last but not least, uh, you you saw us downstairs. I picked a random DVD that we picked up at Amoeba a couple of weeks ago. It's called Fear Farm. Farm is spelled with a PH. Uh This film, also a lot of fun. It opened and um, yeah, man, I've been thinking since I watched it, which honestly was only been like an hour ago about how I wanted to approach reviewing this film. And I think the director is either a genius or stumbled into something (laughs) because there's something going on with indie horror and people always try to like so bad. It's good. That culture. I hate People try to can that all the time and and they fail. It's you can't do it. This movie is about uh, four people. A very typical slasher premise. We open up. There's a naked girl running through a cornfield. She's covered in blood. She makes a wrong turn and she's in the middle of a Rob Zombie circus. They're all standing there like, where are you going to go now? And then she turns around, runs, bumps into a girl. She falls down, breaks her head open on a rock. They're mm. like, okay. She runs a little bit more. They A car pulls up in front of her. She turns around and gets a machete to the face. I was like, okay. Credits. This is okay. Opening credits. Opening credits. Yeah. Then we cut to uh, a, one of the good-looking guys. If you're watching the video right now, all the way on the right, he's laying on his bed texting.
0: You think he's good-looking, bro?
1: I think a, a traditional Hollywood lead would look like him. I think he looks like... Um, he's got a strong jaw, short uh blonde hair. I think he's um you know he kind of looks like Amelia West of his. okay, I think people would say he's good looking, but I'd take Amelia I
0: don't know. I like the middle guy more
1: oxon is he good looking?
2: like generically
1: <laughs> She's got bad taste. she's dating me. <laughs> um, so he's laying on her bed on his bed and he's texting, and he's like, just thinking about you, babe. and oh here's I should mention this too one of the things we love talking about is how do you portray text on screen Uh, over the shoulder camera. We're literally looking at his phone yet. There's a bubble that pops up out of the phone that also has the text in it. No boy. And it looks like the computer program that was rendering that was struggling. Like it's kind of fading in and out. It looks like, like not on purpose, like not style. It's pretty interesting. Anyway, he's like, just thinking about you, babe. And she's like, Oh really? What do you mean? And he's like, well, you know, that cheerleader outfit you're wearing. I'm just thinking you should send me some pics of you in it. And she's like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah, panties optional. And she's like, ooh, are you touching yourself? And he, so now he looks over to his nightstand where he has um some hand, uh what is lotion? He's got some lotion over there.
0: It's in the basket.
1: So he reaches over, knocks it onto the floor. And he's like, fuck. Like he's trying to hurry. He wants to answer her, but he also wants to be telling the truth apparently. So he goes down to pick it up off the floor and a hand grabs him from under his bed. He goes, Ugh! and then uh, his girlfriend comes out in a cheerleaders outfit. And she's like, I thought you were touching yourself. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, well, how long have you been down there? And she's like, Oh, it looks like how often do you lie to me? And it's this really weird dialogue. And it's like, did he mean for this to be funny? Because it's it's fucking hilarious. Then they they still they get into heavy petting. She's like, "Oh, you like it?" And he's like, "Yeah." And she's she climbs on top of him. Heavy they start petting. they start kissing. She quickly gets him out of clothes, and she starts doing that like going down off screen uh, to maybe imply there might be some oral love happening. Sure. His door swings open. His mom's there. Hey, uh, a couple of your friends are out there. He's like, "Mom, what the fuck? Why don't you knock?" And she's like, "Well, why don't you lock your door?" And then his girlfriend's Sick like, bird. do you have a lock on the door? He's like, I do. I mean, I'm just saying you shouldn't like barge in here. And uh, it it's very reminiscent of the room. Like it's highly comic comedic and it it just works. It so sounds then, like American pie so far. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So then his friends come up and it's a brother and sister team. They come in and it's like, they now get on the bed. Now it's the locket. Right. And it, it's, but the thing is. Me watching this, I'm like, oh, this is a drinking movie. Like, It's going to be weird. Uh, The writer-director didn't know what they were doing. Uh, It turns out they're going to go to a corn maze. Um, There's a weird... I almost pulled audio from this. I might for next week just to share it. I don't really have enough time to see how it would play without the video component, but there's some great dialogue in this film. And once they get to the corn maze, the tone starts making the most clever calculated 360 i've ever noticed in a film like it's doing 180s all the time i got my degrees wrong yes it will go from comedy gold to like deadly serious horror and it's like well how do we get here and mind you the 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 bgm here the background music is the most hand-holding you've done since you were four like literally on the drop of a dime in middle of a conversation It'll be like violins, like sad. And it'll be like, but we could go to the floor and it will turn into like, dee, 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 dee. and you're almost so keyed in that you don't notice the the shift and it will be deadly serious and it will come back to comedy. And one of the things I might end up pulling, you were there for, where there's a lot, a lot of um slashers. I don't know why they think this is going to be funny, but they always have a moment where a character doesn't realize they're in a slasher and they end up staring at a Michael Myers-esque character who's just standing there giving them nothing, and they just talk at them. Uh, Coolio did this in fucking... uh, H2O? No, not H2O. It was like Resurrection, I think. And it's one of the most cringeworthy moments I've ever seen in a movie. And people constantly do it. This film? It was funny. And I let... What did you... You saw it. Which part? Do you remember that? It's um he's in the corn maze, and uh you're like, I can't do a corn maze. And right then a just a tall, scary dude stepped out. Yeah, walks in the frame. And then he's like, What the fuck? And then there's an editing trick and he's behind him.
0: Yeah. That was good.
1: And then he's like, What the fuck? And then he turns around and turns back and he's closer. And it's not like a teleporting slasher. Like it was pretty it was just good editing. Yeah. And then he turned around and talked at him. And like that dialogue. What did you think of that? It's fine exactly (laughs) it had no even fine it shouldn't be i've never seen it It be okay in a movie i don't know man i think this director might be just really good i gotta check out more of his work his name's dante yore but uh you look at you look at his imdb and he is a name you're running from the lamb with that name right and what uh, i'm looking at it here it's he's one of these dudes that just is like a, a charlie steed who's got fucking 28 projects in the work including a part two to Fear Farm. Um, I don't want to ruin what happens in Fear Farm. I totally think people should check it out. I bought the DVD at Amoeba, and I think the only other place I saw was you could rent it on Amazon Prime. But it's out there, and it's worth it. I highly recommend From it. From
0: the, I don't know, 30 minutes I saw this. Um, dude, the ending's rough, man. Well, that's what and I mean. Totally, it's like...
1: A little all over the map. No, it, it literally is going comedy, horror, yeah. comedy, horror. And they do kind of a double ending there. One of them's comedy. One of them's horror. It's like, and it, the tiger. it's clever too. Like, I don't, I I think I'm, if I remember, uh, I know we have a busy week ahead of us, but if I remember, I might pull audio for it. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to make a note. I really, uh, I really liked it. Yeah. Fear Farm. many no. stars. At least four. Oh, at least. I, it's probably going to be four. I don't think it's going to be four and a half. How many would Randy give it? Randy would give it uh, one and a half. No, <laughs> Randy, probably like two and a half. See, again, if Randy was throwing out one stars all the time, that would be more interesting than a three star. I, I think Randy could have a little fun with this. I do too. That's why I'm like two and a half, three. Yeah. More of a fear factor guy. <laughs> yeah.
4: What does that even mean? You like watching people eat bugs and shit? No, I can't say I've seen it in at least a decade and a half. Is that what you go to? When you
0: think of Fear Factor, you go straight to Bugs? Well, it's the most uh, unique. I go to Helicopter. Oh, I just okay. always Because in the first act, I feel like there's always a helicopter. Well, there's always a swimming challenge. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really weird blend. Yeah. In the first act, they're always outside, and Rogan's always yelling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: I got a Fear Factor.
0: I really think it was the uh, eating Bugs and... It,
1: shit, though, that really made that stand Ox out. Ox penis. Well, because a lot of people are like, I jumped out of a helicopter for money. But then it's like, oh, would you eat a baboon brain? And they're like, eh, probably not. Ooh. I don't even know if they ever did that, but
0: a baboon brain with a little marinara
1: with a little bit of that spice you uh, stole out of my hand when Bill sent it to us.
0: You don't even know what it is. I, I was reading it okay. when you grabbed it. When you, <laughs> when you aren't prepared to wield the sword. I mean, it's like salt.
1: You just put it on shit.
0: Okay. (laughs) Randy, you would never believe the amount of ignorance I have to deal with over here. All right. We did it. Under the wire, baby. Randy, what was this? Like an hour 20 intro?
4: Hour 10 so far.
0: My man. We did it. Let's call our guest over there in Baltimore. Oxon, we heard anything. Are we still good to go with him? Yeah. All right. Stay tuned for Ricky Umberger, who's going to tell us about his new film, Fear Footage 3 a.m. Why am I getting in a dramatic voice? I don't know. Also, am I turning into an ASMR host? Maybe. Also, is it ASMR or AMSR? ASMR. Thank Correct. You so <laughs> All right. We did it. I love you. Here's the rest of the show. Ricky, how are you, man? I'm
3: good. How are you guys doing?
0: I mean, you know, I feel like we've been on that for about a year now. <laughs> about about the same. <laughs> about, about as much as you can be. You know, we're, we're all working. We're all doing what we can. So it's, you know, hey, that's the best
3: we can look for, I guess. Yeah. Th- thanks. I uh, appreciate you guys having me back on.
0: Of course, man. Anytime. And no, I was uh I was excited when uh, I heard we, we've got three. So, I mean, yeah. is this three years in a row, Ricky?
3: It is. It was, it, it, I'm gonna take a little break now. It was a lot of work.
0: <laughs>
3: I mean, three in three know. years.
0: It's wild, man. Like, did you did you did you imagine that you would go to three or
3: I didn't know I was gonna go past the clown short in the first one. I mean, that was the yeah. first thing I did. So I didn't know. I mean, absolutely not.
1: Damn, Ricky, dude, last time you were on here. It was episode one one thirty. Oh man! It was February twenty first in
3: two thousand nineteen. That mm. ah, feels so, like a yeah. lifetime ago. I mean, the world's
0: pretty much the same. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, there was no major events since then. I think it's no big deals. Everything's <laughs> fine. Ricky, how have you been? What have you been up to? Um, just hanging in there. You know, it's not not too much. Did did the uh, did three a.m. and then that was pretty much it. That's what I did during my quarantine. Well, didn't you bring a life into this world? I did, I did. She should actually be two uh, in two weeks.
5: Oh, Oh, there we go.
0: Congratulations. Oh, man, two-year-olds, it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. I've I've got a niece, I think she's, uh, what's a year and a half? 18 months? No idea. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so yeah. I mean, it is. It's
5: It's fun, though.
0: It is fun, but like. Well, I, I was home for uh, a week in uh, for Christmas, and all, all my family's back home in Mississippi. We're, I'm out in California now, so I go home for the holidays when I can. And um, I, I had, but this was really my first time because my sister has both a 18 an month old and a six year old. So this mm. was really my first time being like in the middle of like, hey, take care of these kids for a bit. <laughs> I, I, I about lost my mind and. and the 18th-month-old, she fell off a couch, ooh, and I thought she landed on her head, man. Ooh. And for, there was a there was two seconds of my life where I thought, I just saw my niece die. <laughs> we have to bury this baby now. <laughs> but then my mom was there in the room. She looked at the kid, and she she just said, oh, she's fine. She's like, oh, she, knows." know, I mean, she's been a mom for almost 40 years.
3: It it is crazy how resilient they are. Like, theres I mean, I have, you know, once a week, I'm like, oh, shit, I think she's got a concussion. And she just bounces right back. And that's just the way it goes. I know. Yeah.
0: My sister's the same way. It's like, look, they run into everything. They're going to get hurt and they're going to bounce back. I was like, what about the one time when they don't?
3: Yeah. I mean, you know, you just got to kind of keep an eye on them. <laughs> I Nobody really knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to figure it out. I know what.
1: But yeah. So now, are you really done with the fear footage, or are you just putting it on pause to do some family time?
3: Um. No. I think I'm. I think I'm done with doing that. I mean, I'm, I'll definitely probably do something else because it's. You know, I, honestly, I'm already kind of getting bored. So I mean, I'll do something else. But I think I'm going to be done with that.
1: Yeah, I get it. I mean, I. I'm going to pressure you. You got to keep making stuff. You've got like a natural talent for how to design a scare. And yeah, man. I mean, I it. well, Ricky, you've become my like number one example of a micro budget filmmaker who can, who can actually affect an audience. Like a lot of people, you know, we love that culture. I personally hate it, but it's very <laughs> popular to say, well, this movie's so bad. It's good. Yeah. And, A lot of the time people just, they correlate that with a budget and I'm like, you're tripping. So there's another podcast out here, um, scary thoughts. Now I was just starting to, uh, talk to one of the hosts and I was like, Hey man, come out to our film fest. And I kind of like harassed one of them, uh, Chad into coming out and he came out to the ATA where we showed the fear footage one and two Mm -hmm. and, um, oh man, I might've been nervous had I known, like, how uh, intellectually savvy those two are and, like, well-spoken about film. Uh, he came out of there, man, and he went, dude, that fucking movie ripped. He's like, dude, it. he's like, he, he, loved it. he, he just, it was like, I, I think we blew his mind. And he was like, this is a film I'm never going to hear anybody talk about <laughs> that completely entertained this crowd and um, scared the shit out of people.
3: I mean, that's... A- At the end of the day, that's all I want it to be is just that it scares people because that's what I watch found footage for. So that's, you know, hopefully that's what happens if, um, you know, if you get something else out of it, that's good. But at the end of the day, that was the goal when I started it.
1: Man, I, that, the first film, just opening with what I just now realized is the first thing you ever shot, that clown short, I feel like it's iconic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> because it comes in and it's kind of disarming And you're like oh, okay what am I watching And then it just It like punches you in the
3: gut over and over I mean that was in my house That was I mean, <laughs> Half the time I was the clown My wife would film those scenes And you know that was So it was done that way I was just like oh man this is pretty cool Now Do another one. Does
1: your wife realize the kind of impact Like the footprint you have online Um
3: I I mean I don't have a you know it's not trust me this is bigger than I expected than she expected than anyone involved expected but I mean I think she's proud you know it's come together.
0: Now did Ricky did things get better with the IMDb message board fiasco?
3: (laughs) Well, to be honest, like I don't even. I, to, I wish I didn't have to use IMDb, and I kind of don't, but it, it's a good place that if somebody could just stumble upon something if they use it, so I do, but I, I kind of just let that go, you know, I, it, I haven't even checked, because then I put the new one on there, but I haven't checked if anyone, I mean, because they could easily go on and do, you, the thing with IMDb, anyone can edit anything, Yeah, like, if you want to go on and change something about a movie, you could do that, so it's, they do it wrong there, but, you know, it was what it was, and I I don't know if the guy's still putting reviews. I really don't check on IMDb.
1: Ricky, I mean, that also has made for one of my favorite stories to tell people. (laughs) We're at a film fest. We're at another hole in the head introducing your movie. And people have already claimed to have been not not only seen the film, but been in the theater with us. And they're already reviewed it. And it's like we haven't even open the film yet
3: yeah people got a lot of time on their hands and i I just don't understand like to try to i I mean i can never spend that kind of energy trying to just just like kind of ruin something you know what i mean i don't understand it
1: yeah thankfully i don't think anybody cares about the imdb ratings i mean honestly i
3: i don't think they do either because (laughs) it hasn't you know, affected anything. To be, and I, because when, when that was happening, that was before the first movie. And when I, when you you know, it's a little movie like that, something like that could really ruin it, but it didn't. And, you know, I feel like it almost, I'm not going to say it helped it, but it, it people just kind of ignored it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it really could ruin it. Like if you go on YouTube and you throw in the fear footage in a search engine, mm-hmm. I mean, look at all the, like, I don't know. Um, Aspiring vloggers that have like used your movie as like you know the subject of a video.
3: Yeah, like like an unboxing or a review or yeah, dude. There's yeah. a ton of them. There really is.
1: I think there's one dude.
3: No, there's, I, uh, there's a few that didn't like it. You know, that were just like they still did a video but didn't like it.
1: Yeah, but you you really tapped into the vein of that community, like the found footage it's not a very, uh, joint community. Like there's not a lot of, uh, they don't have a hall that they all meet under. <laughs> I think you've done a lot of work to kind of bring people together on that.
3: I mean, I appreciate that. I try to stay, um, like as connected as I can with that kind of stuff. Like, because if you, if you're not, if people don't know about a product, then they, they're, you're hundred percent going to fail. But if you can at least let people know and try to push it and all, you know, and get it out there to people to see it, they want to be interested in it and then it could work.
1: Yeah. I think we need to hire you for our PR. <laughs> we, uh, we get people all the time who are like, Hey man, how much money do you make podcasting? And we're like, are you joking? Like what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like if, I mean, I, I take it as a compliment because people like the product, yeah. but dude, we fail at marketing. And then you, I mean, dude, Ricky, I got hit up three times when fear footage three was coming out. When you started teasing it where people are like, wait, he made a, a red case edition. I need to get that. And I'm like, that's been sold out
3: yeah. for, like, for a year. I was actually going to replenish them, but I didn't hey, give, me one, give me one second. Sorry to do this. Give me one second. Yeah, no problem. Really? You
1: can't do that. Like, there's a couple of uh, companies out there who do, like, limited edition enamel pins. Yeah. And uh, it's like, when these are done, they're done. Yeah. And then, you know, next year. Hey, what's up, Ricky? Yeah, I was just telling Clark, like, don't don't replenish them. They're, like, remember... Yeah, yeah, I'm,
3: I'm not going to because I like that aspect of it. Like, you know, it, it's a limited edition thing. It should be limited.
1: Yeah. Like, and with Blu-ray collectors, dude. They get fucking angry. If yeah. you ever look at Shout Factory, like um, oh my god, they put out Death Stalker one and two on a combo Blu-ray, and ooh. I know, and I'm like, ooh, my low budget fantasy film, like nobody's gonna give a fuck, so I didn't jump on it, ooh. and then and then it was gone, and I'm like, oh, let me look at eBay. Oh my, god. people are yeah. hundred and twenty dollars yeah, for like nothing special. It yeah. was two movies on one disc. They you know they shared the cover. And then you know what you know what uh, Shell Factory did? They said, "Yeah, let's make a thousand more."
3: Yeah. I mean,
1: nope. <laughs> <laughs> Forums are just like you've devalued my product now. Like yeah. fuck you. You should have done. And yeah, don't do it, Ricky. It's not pretty.
3: <laughs> I mean, honestly, I wish I could. I mean, yeah. I, I know there's still collectors, and and I'm one myself. But just the physical, the physical, like the Blu-rays and all, are a pain in the ass. Honestly, I mean to do they, you know, they're they're worth doing. But I mean, I'm, you know, just to package up one and I burn the Blu-rays one at a time. I mean, it's, I'm just burning Blu-rays for two weeks to, you know, it, it's I, a lot. Yeah. It sucks. Digital is just so much easier. You put it up and you don't really got to do anything but market it.
1: Yeah. I We've been there where it's kind of like you want to make merchandise. And
3: yeah, Yeah. But, you know, because people are excited
1: and then, you know, people get excited and they want to get it. And then you're mm-hmm. like. Oh, I gotta
3: pack all this shit. <laughs> I gotta make all of this and put it together, yeah. and yeah,
0: and then get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. That's
3: the big thing. So yeah. I mean, maybe if I do something else later. I mean, it depends where Blu-rays are because I feel like they're still right now. It's still worth doing. I mean, people, you know, they still buy them. But in another two three years, it could. I mean, it's only going digital more and more. You know?
1: Yeah, you're gonna have to go blockchain where it's a digital numbered edition.
3: <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: I'm no. I'm don't getting my head hurt. It's a yeah. It's the cryptocurrency world. You I tried mean, to explain this whole digital baseball card thing to me, and yeah, I, I think I had an aneurysm. The NFT. <laughs> I mean, Google Crypto Kitties. It's like a no, trading nothing. card. Thank <laughs> you. I don't want to be on a list. All right. So where, where were we? It's a fresh beginning right, yeah, now. So we'll just say yeah. we. Take it from we the top. Yeah, we switched over to uh, Skype. Because we were having difficulties with Zencaster. we cut Randy loose so he can go and bake bread or whatever he does now. Yeah,
1: I don't know what we're going to do. He usually contributes
0: so much so to these much, interviews. We <laughs> Randy's the cornerstone to our intellectual curiosities. Uh, so, Ricky, you were talking about. Um, so, this is the third one. Mm-hmm. You think you you think you're done with the fear footage? Do you think that this was a this was a good? Um, like like where where were you at mentally after 2? Were you did you need a little bit of time or did, were you ready to jump right into 3?
3: Um I honestly I didn't know because I didn't know the 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 first one was a, a success that I didn't expect. And then so I I was like well obviously I have to do a second one and I still had some, you know, I was like this will be fun to kind of explore and then I didn't know, you know, that one could have just completely bombed and I, it wouldn't have been no need to really do anything else so i didn't know you know it, i was in the same predicament kind of where i was like okay if it if people are still interested and it does well i i, I have some more i could do but i didn't know if i would do with Yeah, you know, i wasn't sure at the time
1: yeah now you mentioned that you're not done with film and you're getting a little bored do you think you would leave the narrative choice of like in-world camera at any point, or are you going to keep making found footage?
3: Yeah, it would. It would still be found footage. Oh,
1: I love it. I love hearing that. There are now literally we've had directors on here who made uh, great found footage films, who I almost wanted to plead with to to get out of the genre. Like it clearly wasn't what they wanted to do, and you yeah. could tell in their film. But I think you've you've got it. You've got that micro budget found footage voice, and I don't know. I one I would be kind of worried about what a traditional narrative Ricky Umberger film would look like.
3: So so would I.
1: <laughs> I. I love it. Sign me up. I mean, I'm sure it would still be something I would love to watch. But I I don't know. Well, the,
3: the thing with it is, I don't know. I don't know anything about filmmaking. Like I didn't go to school to make films or anything. So when when you're doing traditional, it's a little different because you got to have, you know, the sound design has to be, you have to have a sound man. You have to have lighting. It's a completely different, you know, setting up a shot could take a half a day. I I don't, it's just, it seems like it kind of takes the fun out of it to me, you know, rather than keeping it looking authentic and looking natural and it can move quicker. And I just like it better.
0: Well, well, Ricky, the one thing that you do need is that you need the will to do it, which you have. So, therefore, if you've got that, then you can do whatever the fuck you want to, man. Oh, well, I mean, like, I yeah, love, don't, don't package your, don't put yourself in a corner that way.
3: No, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, that is true. If you want to do anything, you're going to do it. But it's just that I, I, I mean, I still, I know found footage is there, you know, it has its haters and all, but I still think there's a lot to be done in found footage. And it's just, I think it's just a great way for horror to be told. So I don't, I wouldn't want to go away from it. I, you know, I wouldn't want the genre to go away ever. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like that's how I like making scary stuff is in that format.
0: Would you go back to anthology?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would do that. And yeah, I would. And maybe that's, maybe I'll do something like that next or, you know, down the line. I don't know, but I definitely would.
1: Yeah, I think um, your first film. It really helped that it was an anthology film too, because I think a lot of found footage fans enjoy that format. Also, it's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, playing it. with parameters. Yeah, love the anthology. Now, I I now we didn't talk when uh, Fear Footage Two came out, and I I have to tell you, I mean, we we spoke because we showed it at the film fest, mm-hmm. but your premise, the idea that. Somebody had found a movie that was being distributed um, online, and they were in it. I mean, this is the kind of shit that is so interesting. It's it's very creepy pasta. Like it's kind of like yeah. internet urban legend, and it's definitely something a, a studio would never fucking do. Yeah. And when when you had part two coming out, and we were trying to get people to come out to unnamed footage festival. I had to tell them we got fear footage too. And they're like, Oh, is it an anthology? And I'm like, no. And they're like, Oh, is this still found footage? I'm like, yeah. And like, Oh, well, what's it about? And then I would tell them and they're like, Whoa, that's like a goosebumps moment.
3: Like, I don't. The the thing with that was, um, so that was out in desperation. Really. I didn't, I didn't have any actors or anything. So I kind of, I had to think of a way. And I, I remember when I came up with the concept, I was in the shower. I had to think of a way to, bring back the you know the people that i had like myself my friend james because i knew that you know that's who i had at my disposal i didn't want to have to hire direct or hire actors and all because i didn't i don't look at it as that big of a production i'd rather do it low-key with friends so i had to think of a way to bring us back to make another movie because i didn't have any new actors so that was basically the reason for that was you know and i was like well how can i how could i do that so that's how it kind of came
1: dude it's amazing how many times on the show we've talked to people who made found footage movies that, you know, found their creative avenue just out of like a
3: monetary restriction. Yeah, I uh, mean, that's how the best shit gets made, oh, yeah. I well,
1: think. But Ricky, I, I don't know if you realized you kind of not only did you make a found footage movie in a franchise sprung aboard board off of an anthology film like we're in so many sub genres here but yet you made a movie that really celebrated the genre like it's a found footage film about finding footage and in, yeah. a, in a way that nobody had done before
3: yeah i mean i, I can't argue with you i, I like and like i don't want to you know Kind of toot my own horn, but I thought it was a cool premise. I was like, man, I would definitely check that out. I feel like that's interesting. Now I didn't know where it, w- it was going to go or any of that, and I also didn't want to. I didn't want to tell too much. I like to leave, you know, because everything wouldn't be explained. I think it, you know, I think it's creepier that way. So I didn't know where it was going to go, but I like the premise.
0: Yeah, and and I really like. Now, again, uh, we we will talk about three here, um, which – when when does three come out, Ricky? Uh,
3: March 19th.
0: March 19th. So we've got a little bit of time. So we want to tease it a little bit, and we can talk about it um, however much you want to. Uh, But I would say that with two and three, what I really like the direction that you went with is that you're really hitting on, like, classic literary themes here where essentially – you're telling us it's a revisionist tale of the partner's tale. Where essentially, oh, look at you. Thank you so much. You've gone full Chaucer with us because essentially the moral of the story is if you go looking for trouble, you're going to find yeah. it.
3: Yeah. I mean, that could, that could be true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, Ricky, have you ever
1: seen the internet story? No, what is that? Uh, it's a short film by uh, Adam Butcher. We showed it the first year at Unnamed Footage Festival. And it's a it's a film that has an unfortunate name, Internet Story, especially when it lives on the Internet. <laughs> but it is a beautiful little faux doc that you can find that uh, is the only reason I knew what Clark was talking about, because he uses that kind of like a narrative basis. But hmm. – um. Yeah, I'm, I, I'll send you a link when we're done here, cause you got to check that out. It's also yeah. in-world camera, so it's
3: appropriate. Yeah, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah, shoot me the link. But yeah, no,
0: essentially, yeah, like because with two, you're on the tape. You got to go find it, and so, but and where we are with three, so how do we want to set the table with three? Like, are are you getting a whole lot of details out there, or do you want people just to discuss not going in knowing a whole lot of information. Like, what do you want, Ricky? We'll play within your uh, bounds.
1: Yeah, you seat. know how to PR the shit out of anything, <laughs> and and, and we yeah, fail.
3: <laughs> I, I, I don't want to give too much. I almost want it to be. I mean, I no more than the trailer gives. So there's an urban explorer who you know this is what he does. He sell. He goes and visits these abandoned houses or whatever, and he comes. He find. He lives in Maryland. He figured. He hears about these spear footage movies. So on, on you know his latest episode of his urban exploration channel he's going to go to Dark Bluff Maryland and see if these see if this footage was real in these movies just kind of explore the lore of these spirit footage movies and that's pretty much the premise What is going on with
0: Maryland <laughs> <laughs> and and found footage cuz we've got we've got What's going on in the water over there man
3: I don't know there's something you got uh what was it? You know, obviously you got Blair Witch, you got Butterfly Kisses, there was WNUF, Halloween special. Yeah. Yep. There's a bunch. Now. And they're all good.
1: Now, did COVID they are. did COVID ruin your uh, your annual trip?
3: Um to Berkshires?
1: Yeah, right? Cuz you go to like a cider. Yeah. yeah. No,
3: it didn't ruin it. It didn't ruin it. We went Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, we actually went a, a few times because they were just doing, because it's an outside place. There's a there's a cidery there and an orchard. You can walk the orchard and all, but it's all outside. So, you know, as long as you keep your distance, you have your mask on when you're going to the bathroom or whatever, you're fine. Good. I'm
0: so happy to yeah, hear that. See, outside of California, people can still do things. I know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you can, at this point, you can kind of do what you want, but- you got to wear a mask and and establish and stuff like that. But other than that, you can kind of do what you want. So, you know, part
1: three, when you started, uh, putting that out there on the internet, I had, I had noticed that you weren't doing a, you weren't giving out a lot of detail. And Mm -hmm. the beautiful thing was, is that people don't fucking need it. They were just like fear footage three after the premise with two, they're just almost like, it's going to be weird. And it's going (laughs) to fucking hit. And, um, yeah, I again. Me and Clark, we've had the privilege of watching it. The jump scares still fucking work. They're earned. They're it's
0: not a cat running out of the closet. Ricky, you had one great one <laughs> that I st- in, that I'm gonna in, think about for a while. In three a.m. In three a.m. Um, okay. we're in the woods. Okay, and
3: then something happens. I think I know it. Uh, maybe I mean, there's a few in the woods, but it, it,
0: it, it, um. It's going back and forth. Uh,
3: okay, trees. There's some trees. Yeah. Yes, correct. Okay. I, I, thought, I,
0: know I thought that was so good. I, I <laughs> love that. I did not expect that at all. And th- yeah, that was that was fantastic.
1: Now, I don't know if you uh, realized, Ricky, but there's another found footage horror movie titled 3 a.m. Were you familiar I with that? I
0: thought it was 3.15 a.m. Is it
1: 3.15 a.m.? It might be. Uh, yeah,
3: I, I actually seen that. Um, I, I think it was like a Polish Was it It was, Is it French it was a different country um, but I did, I did see that
1: yeah the anthology film one what did you think it, of it
3: I mean I, honestly I be I, honest I, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think I bought the I mean I'll be honest I think I bought the Blu-ray so I was that pumped to see it but I mean I, I did, honestly didn't and I know my you know I make cheaply made low budget looking and I, I just thought that one was I didn't think it was done well to be honest with you now, like I didn't, you know, I, man, I love hearing that because here's the. I thought, th- I thought I would. You know what I mean? I expected to love it. The trailer was fantastic.
1: Now, that movie had been teased forever. I remember forever. we were chasing 315 a.m. I think for the original Uff, um Film
0: Fest because we had cold ground with Fabian.
1: Yeah. And Fabian, um, he he directed uh, Fury of the Demon and he did Cold Ground and. Cold uh, Ground. Yeah, do you know that have you seen Fury of the Demon?
3: No, I, I think I've seen Cold Ground, it's been a while, but I didn't no, I haven't seen the other one.
1: Have you have you watched Antrim? I did. Okay.
3: That was That was another one that was, you know, it had like a nice little buzz coming out. It was a great premise and all. And <laughs> I, I thought I thought it had like great potential. I just I it didn't deliver. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like I don't want to be that guy because I know somebody worked really hard on it, but for me, it just didn't deliver. Oh. That, that's all.
1: Ricky. I love you. Here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Wait. Now we showed Antrim um, mm-hmm. for Uff Two. It was up Two. Now Antrim in a film festival could not be a more beautiful thing. Yeah, that film. And the format it's supposed to be shown in is in a theater with people, and it's a
0: cursed reel. It was all smoke and mirrors, and uh, you know we sort of leaned into that whole William Castle, um, let's really commit to this fraud.
1: And so we had the director out there and a producer, and he was like, don't refer to me as the director. I want to come out here, and I want to be a producer, like kind of the guy that brought the film out. And, um, also in the movie, in, in the rap or in the faux doc that kind of, um, bookends the film in the the beginning, they mentioned that it it played in San Francisco one time and somehow the theater ended up locked and people were dosed with LSD in their popcorn and a pregnant lady was trampled to death. So what we, yeah, what what we did is, (laughs) is we had a buddy give out free popcorn to everybody before the screening. Ah. And, dude, it was beautiful. And the director was just like, thank you. They had a bad time at another film fest where, you know, everybody in the crowd kind of, like, lit their torches and their brooms on fire and said, you need to break character and talk to us for real about this movie. And they weren't willing to do it.
0: Mm. Which I respect.
1: Yeah, and I respect it, too. And I remember after that night, I went, when this hits, like, VOD, it's not going to work. Like, yeah. Yeah, and so Ricky, I get it. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So when we do our dream uh, marathon in Burkittsville, we got to show Antrim. <laughs> okay,
3: that sounds good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, what's what's a found footage film that you've watched recently that uh, really impressed you?
3: Um, so I actually watched a short, and I think you guys n- might be showing it. Um, C- Camping fun? Did you see that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I thought, so the 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 guy who did that kind of, re- he's, uh, you know, apparently he's a big fan of the fear footage, and he reached out asking about, the bl- like, the Blu-ray release of the new one, and then he mentioned that he did this, and he sent me a link, and that was the most recent. I mean, I've seen others, but I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was done well, and, you know, I thought it looked great, the acting was great.
1: Just like Just everything like- we're showing this <laughs> year <That's> at right? up <laughs> 24 Hour. Now, Ricky, I hope you're going to be tuning in as we're online this year.
3: I can tune in, yeah. But, right. So, it's when is it again, Mark? You, I think you originally gave me the wrong date. Oh, I...
1: That sounds... So, right. here's the thing.
3: One of our, our...
1: When we started the Film Fest, we were like, mm-hmm. we're never going online. We're never doing it. And then, you know, in the COVID year, we saw everybody go online. And we, we kind of watched a lot of it. And there was something about the way that... um Like, the format, like, we really enjoyed, like, Chattanooga, and then Sundance did one, and it was okay, and then Nightstream did one. They had a weird interactive chat that we thought was cool, but it was like, we don't want to do any of that. So, when we figured out the format, then we're like, okay, now we can do it. And then it was chaos for months after that, because we're like, what is this going to look like? What are we doing? What's the date? So, that has been evolving. Yeah. The date now is March 26th. And 27th. And 27th, because it is going to be 24 hours. Oh, it's also on Passover. Oh, is it? Yeah. We knew that. Did we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you got you to gotta tune into that. And we are showing Camping Fun. And also, I, I completely lost track of why I brought up Antrim. Um, Fabian, who did Cold Ground, he did a faux documentary that was like kind of like a VH1 talking head thing. And it's called Fury of the Demon. I okay. highly recommend you check that out. It's I'll check that. Um, like, you know, like VH1 used to do like, oh, we're going to talk to people about the best rock hits of the 80s. Yeah. And they get kind of like B celebrities in there. Yeah. Well, this one is a bunch of horror people. I'm not going to tell you who's in it because you you get kind of shocked when you see some of them. And okay. uh, they're talking about a movie that's not real. And how it's cursed. And it's totally like pre-antrum. And it's got like no budget really, and it's it's pretty good. And uh, three fifteen was not, so I'm trying to help Fabian out.
3: <laughs> Although you know, um, another I just thought of the I actually watched uh, like maybe two nights ago. This was the most recent. Um, the lost footage of Leah Sullivan. Oh yes, another guys, one we I showed. Was good. I wanted more out of it. Like at the end, I wanted it to get bigger, but I thought it was good.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's an interesting story. Like that's an actual, uh, real husband and wife couple, um, the, uh, television reporter and the cop.
3: The cop. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That made sense because it, 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 what I was impressed with that watching it, there were scenes that were just one take of like eight minutes of them just talking and it was, you know, it kept, it, it was good. I'm like, this feels real. I don't know how they did this.
0: Yeah, they have the incredible uh, chemistry together. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, we don't get a lot of that in found footage. Like, one of the critiques, I think it was we, year two, we showed webcast. And um, one of the compliments that movie kept getting was, wow, man, I watched a found footage movie with people I liked as, like, you know, the ones filming. Which, I I think (laughs) the Blair Witch kind of set a weird precedent of, um, we're a dysfunctional family and we're at each other's throat all the time
3: people wanted to see them die at the end of that movie you know for sure yeah
1: yeah i don't know i, I didn't get that vibe from the fear footage so I'm, I'm glad you navigated away from that oh
3: well that was maybe by accident but i'm glad it did too <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah dude where where did you hear about uh leah sullivan
3: i, I mean i i love that footage so i i had seen it for a while and then i maybe i was on prime or something it it came by and i was like okay i'm gonna watch this now because i you know with having a one-year-old it's been harder to kind of watch things so when she goes to sleep i'll watch one here and there. i watched like uh, a couple weeks ago i think i did um death of a vlogger i don't know i can't remember if i finished it though which is not a good thing but (laughs) i I liked it from what i saw yeah death of a vlogger
1: was another one we were gonna
3: show
0: now what's now what's the one-year-old making you watch are you having to watch (laughs) a lot of cocoa melon
3: no, to be honest, so in my whole household is horror. I mean, they're, they're everywhere, every poster, every... So she is, you know, she's into that kind of, you know, like she'll see Freddie and she she wants to watch that. She wants it to be on. She has an Annabelle tattoo on her arm right now. <laughs> so she, she, you know, she, if she, she's coming up around it, I'm not going to change what I'm into just because I have one-year-old. You know, I know there's limitations, but so she's kind of into that. But she's also into you know, little girl things and stuff. So there's a nice balance.
1: I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Ricky, horror is uh, a bigger market among women. I believe that.
3: That sounds right.
1: Yeah. And true crime, especially. Oh, my God. I don't know what, but I mean, the you know, I'm a horror fan because my mom was the one that showed it to me.
5: Yeah, Not I mean, in I, my I, case. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We, um, we used to have a third chair, uh, Justin, who hasn't been on the show for like three years, but he had two children and he would always talk about how there's like a golden period and what, until they're up in like two and a half where you can kind of, they don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. And then he's like, and then, you know, we'd be watching horror movies cause you know, I show them anyway, they don't know what bad language is. And then there's a clear moment where something was scary. And he's like, and then I knew it was over.
3: <laughs> and he she has those now, but it's like, I remember when I was a kid that, and even to this day, like I, I like to be scared, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's hard to explain, but I feel like she kind of has that a little bit. Cause she'll want me to put the Jason mask on and play and like chase her. So I feel like she kind of has that of, Oh, it's scary, but it's also kind of fun, you know? So maybe hopefully she has that.
0: Yeah. You want to go back to it.
3: Yeah, it's that, like I don't. You know The haunted house is scary, but I want to go all through it and you know finish it.
0: Yeah, that happened with me when I was a kid, and my dad was watching um, the uh, uh, the I, I think it was a uh, television series of It the first time oh, when okay. that came out because it was a yeah. TV series, right? Yeah, or a, a mini series. Yeah, two yeah. part. And uh, I will. Uh, I believe I was five or four when that came out. And I clearly remember walking into the living room and seeing uh, a clown through the sh- uh, shower drain. That part <laughs> and that stuck with me forever.
3: I think it. I think that miniseries in general was scarred a lot of. I mean, for me, because that was. I mean, I was younger then. I was probably maybe three when that came out. But I feel like a lot of people remember that miniseries as a kid because at the time it was you know just terrifying.
0: Yeah, and then you watched it uh, when you actually can make decisions on your own, and then it stunk. <laughs> I mean, I but,
3: still love it. I still love it.
0: I can't deal with it now. It's too, uh, it's, it's too long. It's, I don't know. The story, and I didn't really care for the film adaptation either. I liked the first one. The second one, my
3: God. Oh, the, the newer one? Yeah,
0: it too did not do it for me.
3: I, I I thought both of those were really good too.
0: I liked the first one. I, yeah, and and Russ, I think you like the second one more than the first one, right? I, I um, I might be
3: there too. I might be the same. I might have liked the second one better.
1: Oh damn! See, Ricky, we're elite horror fans over here, <laughs> and we we like to punch down on movies and really show how important our opinion is by explaining to people why it is terrible. I don't know that fortune cookie scene. <laughs> I just could
0: not get past that. No, you know,
1: I you know what I loved in it too were all the vignettes, like when um uh. That couple is at the carnival, and then uh some shenanigans happens. Well, I didn't like it too because it too felt
0: like a marvel film it did
3: it, it was I, I don't like when horror movies get that big. You are right and, yeah, and, and, you know and even did you guys see the the new trailer for the um the Army of the Dead? No, wow. I haven't okay so it, I, I was excited for that because actually when there's there's a convention here in or it's not here. it's in New Jersey in Atlantic City that I, we were at, me and my friends were at like a year ago and the, the, uh, or when the first fear footage played, it played there and they were filming army of the dead, Zack Snyder's army of the dead there. They were filming it in the bottom floor. So we couldn't go down there. So we were like pumped to see this cause we knew where it was going to get filmed. And then I see the trailer and it just looks so big for a zombie movie. It doesn't, you don't need a $200 million zombie movie. No, and it, it just looks like a, a superhero movie that has zombies in it. It looks too big.
1: Yeah, I'm going through the IMDb photos right now, and it's we got Batista waist deep in like dead bodies. Also, if you'll notice, and it looks so
3: CGI'd and all. It's just it was, you know, and and it had a lot of that that kind of I didn't like was all the CGI.
1: You're not a World War Z fan? Oh,
3: <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen it, but I remember just not loving it. No,
1: that movie's garbage. Yeah, wait, movie. okay.
3: Yeah, I, honestly, I don't remember enough to even have an opinion on it. Wait, Ricky.
1: What's a movie you hate? Ooh,
3: a movie I hate. I had
1: a feeling
3: that would be your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I uh, maybe a kind of a recent one that I ex- I expected love. It, everyone seemed to love it. I hated it. Was Us? Jordan Peele's Us. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I thought that movie just had so many holes and didn't. It just didn't make any sense. And like, he had cool ideas, but I, I don't know. I. And I expected to love that,
1: and I just didn't. So you know, us was a weird one because everybody was dying for another uh, Jordan Peele film, yeah. and the I mean, critically, it just
0: it smashed. There it. were fantastic moments in us, but yes, as a cohesive whole, I, um, Ricky, I, I like to think of certain films as like I call them meatloaf films, to where I hate meatloaf. However, <laughs> if you break down meatloaf, every single component of meatloaf, I love. All right? yeah, but does. when you when you bring it all together just something fucking goes wrong and that i think that's what happened with us is that you break down the individual parts everything should work here well he became
1: yeah. he became like a social uh lighthouse and people were really looking for him for the next chapter of like get out and yeah. i think if you're a critic you cannot be critical about that film when people kind of are looking for a um social messiah you don't you don't critically come in there and be like uh the jokes didn't work like you rotten tomatoes has just never been that but yeah. because we know so many people out here that work and um do like film programming or run film festivals out here i was getting text messages and people were like hey us was a train wreck but it's like oh. v- uh, like publicly they didn't want to say the it. first two acts
0: of us is incredible i love the first two acts of us
1: yeah
5: yeah and The I, third. I just felt like
3: like it, it. There was like an escalator that was there for forty years, and people could have, you know, <laughs> what I mean. Like yeah. Time it was still working. It was just too much that didn't make. But Ricky, know, it looked beautiful. It. And it, it did. And I know I'm in the, you know, a lot of people loved it. You know, so I know I'm not. I, I don't know. You're not I mean, alone.
0: I, You're not alone in this. Well,
3: yeah. Okay.
1: You know, when a film like that is said and done and you're kind of like yeah that was a weird one again we end up in the shining and the matrix territory where i've had a dude i've had a ton of fun listening to podcasts where people talk about theory or just ideas they thought they had or you know trying to understand what jordan peele was doing who to jordan peele's credit he's been pretty david lynch about it and kind of like yeah yeah i did some stuff yeah i'm not going to tell you
3: yeah so I the mean, to handle maybe, it. maybe that's what he wanted. You know, maybe that he wanted people to come up with their own theories and have their own insight to it. And, and it, it, either way, it worked. So there's no well, You know what I say? That is that who cares? Because it worked. It was a success. And he can still make whatever he wants right now. Oh, so, for
1: sure. I mean, I feel like he's kind of like pigeonholed it in like a, a social commentary film. Yeah, but, that could be true. Yeah, what I don't what I'm
3: know. About is the, um, the M. Night Shyamalan old. Have you guys saw that trailer?
1: No, I know. I've heard about the film. I haven't watched. Oh, the I yes, they showed it um,
3: during the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, it, it, yeah. And I love M Night Shyamalan, and it looked. And they're they said they're not going to release any details about the premise, so you'll never even know what it's about until you see it. Genius marketing. <laughs> I,
1: I put in M Night Shyamalan old in uh, Google, and it just came up with a picture of him and fifty years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, Haley Joel Osment's thirty-two. <laughs> What the God fuck? God, he looks 47.
1: Wait, so they're not releasing anything? Are they... Is there a... So there's a trailer, but that doesn't tell you what it's about?
3: The trailer kind of... But it looks crazy. Like, it, it... You know, it looks like M. Night Chanlon, And I know he has some misses here and there. He, You know, he's another dude kind of gets bashed. I think he's a fucking genius. And I'll watch anything he does.
1: Now, what did you think of The Visit? I love The Visit. Yeah, me too.
3: Yeah, I thought that, you know, for the small, it was like a... The three man you know i thought it was done great for what he did with it and that was you know kind of when he was he already had a few bombs that had just happened so he was on his own at that point i think he funded the visit himself because no studio would kind of back him. he just had the last airbender which bombed he had um after earth yeah after earth another one but he had like three or four in a row that were big budget movies that bombed
1: and then he wants to make a found footage film and yeah, you, you uh, could just understand every producer's like, oh, you're done. Your <laughs> going, career's going over. Backwards.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, but good on him to do it himself and that, that brought him back.
1: Now, do you like The Visit more than, um, what's the one that you, I have to compare? Uh, the Taking a Deborah Logan.
3: Ooh, that's a good, mm, Simil- Taking, a, Taking a Deborah Logan was fantastic, so that's tough. I mean, I, I like them both. I don't know which one I would have to see them kind of back to back to know, but... They were both great.
1: So I watched them back to back with my mom. We actually dragged her out to go see The Visit. And I went, you know, there's another found footage movie about kind of filming old people at the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, we watched Deborah Logan and it didn't hold up. And I don't know if it was just because it was at home. Yeah. But I was like, dude, The Visit is so much more polished. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people find those little kids incredibly annoying. But they read as authentic. Yeah, hey, he hey great. he can rap
3: they like how kids would react but yeah. i didn't I, I had only seen taken a deborah logan once and i i mean i liked it but i ha- i would have to revisit it
1: so damn Ricky what else have you watched i feel like you've probably seen a couple of features that we don't know about and i'm i'm digging for those
3: um there could be i so before i had my daughter i mean i that's i watched a lot of movies especially found footage and all but since having her, it's just watching, you know, anything has slowed down. So I would have to really think of, like, some sleepers.
0: What's, like, your Prime hunting grounds? Like, Amazon Prime?
3: Yeah, I think I like Amazon Prime because I think they just – even they have everything. Even if you got to pay for it or not, you know, it's going to be on there. So, yeah, I like Prime the most. Now, um, and and, and Pr- Prime's also, like, what I do – with the uh, fear footage, Prime will allow someone who does who doesn't have a big company, they'll check out your stuff, and if they feel it can do well, and you know it, it, it's not like your son's birthday party in the yard or something, they'll put it up there. If it makes money, good; they'll make money. If it doesn't, they'll get rid of it. But they give smaller people the chance. Yeah. So you know, you get unique stuff when you do that. People that don't have a studio saying, "Oh, you can't do this or that."
0: No, a hundred percent. Like Amazon Prime is a is a great way for You're Nigel just, Bach to make fourteen movies. I mean, hey,
3: <laughs> I, I I just started a uh, bad bad pandemic. I didn't finish it. I just wanted to see that it was on there. I was like, oh, let me, you know, I'll, I'll turn this on for a second. I do need. I didn't do need to watch. I it. didn't watch it.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched it either. I <laughs> what a character Nigel Bach is. Well, we've <laughs> we've had him on here twice, and I mean, the dude has the drive to make three movies in a year. Yeah. But he just doesn't want to get away from bad Ben.
3: <laughs> I have, I'm so puzzled by it. I, I feel like, you know, it, it is easier when you already have an established, you know, I, people have heard of bad Ben. So if if it's already established, it's kind of easier just to go, okay, I'll do another one of them rather than trying to restart and get people interested in something new. But yeah, I see where, you know, at a certain point, a series is going to either run out of steam or it's going to get confusing to the point where nothing makes sense anymore or, you know what I mean? Well, so,
0: but do you know that he officiated a wedding of fans of his movie? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> they asked him to be the officiant of the movie of the, of the, of the, of the wedding. <laughs> and he did.
3: And that, another one is like the Blackwell ghost. What is there like five or six of them now?
1: I like, think there is part seven in the works. Really? Right Didn't now. they
3: just announce it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Like I, I, I haven't seen any of those the first two, and I, I really like them. The, the The first two I saw, but it's, you know, it's kind of hard to stick with a series for seven or eight. Well, Ricky,
1: it's interesting hearing you talk about it. Having just finished your third in a franchise, like, is this part of the reason why you want to be done with it? You're like, I'm not going to be a Nigel Bach. <laughs> well,
3: um, <laughs> I, I feel like it's hard to keep people's interest for that long. There's going to be a point where you're going to do one and, you know, you may love it, it may be great, but if it's the fifth or sixth, not that many people are going to be checking in. Or maybe they will, I don't know, you know, but I just don't... I kind, You kind of want to leave people wanting more rather than people having enough. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I... The, I would say the big difference <laughs> between if I'm going to compare the fear footage with uh bad Ben is that Nigel is not interested in a, pr- in a new approach. All of the films are, we're back at the house, bad Ben's back. We got the Jersey devil. I mean, the man made a cartoon show for Amazon prime. Same thing. Then he Rip? made, dude. Yeah. Oh dude. You haven't seen the cartoon, the witch oh. bitch. Oh. Here, let me go. Yeah.
3: It's, what, what is it? Like a bad Ben cartoon?
0: Yeah, it's called The Witch Bitch.
3: Wow, I never even heard of it.
0: Let, let me see. Maybe if you
1: put I in... think it's
3: on Prime, dude. It that is,
1: but I remember it was kind of hard to find. The uh, Witch Bitch, full episode, they have it on YouTube. Yeah, you okay, cool. Yeah, cool. so Tom Riley is a paranormal investigator, and it's all, like, paint animated by Nigel Bach.
0: Yes, mm. it is Microsoft
5: Paint.
1: Now, we were, <laughs> oh, man, we wanted him to take part in, like, a two or three and uh we were talking to him a bunch and it was in the middle of him making this show and he sent us a clip
0: it was off one
1: and he was like it might have been he was like hey i threw in some advertising for you guys see if you can like pay close attention and it's just it's his character standing at a bus stop and this bus slowly pulls up and on the bus is a giant overlook hour (laughs) like he just pasted (laughs) it it on half the bus yeah and then it just then it, it leaves and then there's a shooting in a store and then it ends and it was like what someone gets shot now we i don't know he's so busy with the bad ben thing that uh i don't know what happened we didn't end up doing anything with him and i recently went back and i'm like dude i want that that trailer thing he made and he got rid of it oh yeah uh, it's the i know i'm like fuck we could have been part of the bad ben universe
3: oh dude I mean, yeah, eight, what is it up to like seven is that what they're up to i think eight Eight. I mean good for him to be able to put that many together and if people are still checking in you know he's getting it while it's hot you know good for him
1: (laughs) I don't I mean it hasn't been hot for three years
3: yeah I mean that could be true too but (laughs) I I don't know I I remember when the first one came out it was I saw a lot of things about it I was like okay I gotta watch it and that was you know I kind of didn't check in much after that
1: yeah now for people listening if you haven't watched any of the bad Ben films and you're like what the fuck are you talking about jump on amazon prime give the first one a lot a watch it's it's slow cinema like there's not a lot in between the moments but it really comes across like is this guy like a master of tone or like does he know how to build the scare and then you watch steel manville road and you're like oh no that was a happy accident
3: but i i hadn't got that far in him
0: <laughs> it's just part two you can skip two yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah skip two
1: yeah dude yeah part two was just steel manville road and then three
0: was batter ben like he had realized what people wanted batter ben he gets back on track <laughs> he gets back on track uh but so ricky what what's next for you man like uh are you writing like you have ideas uh, i know you said you wanted to stick within, stay within found footage but you know, I mean, are, do you do you want to maybe go outside of horror or anything you're thinking about?
3: Uh, I mean, I have some ideas when I when I come up with a, like a little maybe an idea that I could turn into something, I'll write it in my phone. I got you know in my notes. There's six hundred or whatever little premises that could turn into something. So there's ideas, but I, I honestly don't know what's next. I'm sure I'll do something because I'm I like to create. So. I'm sure I'll do something but I there's nothing down the pipeline yet.
1: Now, I got a pitch for you. You okay. don't do anything different. Just put mm-hmm. up security cameras in your house and get footage of you playing with your daughter with the mask on. <laughs> I'm sure you that could be either the bedding of a faux doc, that could be the the wrap around. It I feel like <laughs> there's something there.
0: There's a seed. There yeah. Might be.
1: Yeah, dude, Ricky, I know what you probably haven't seen. We've been tapping into, like, brutal domestic found footage horror. Have you ever seen a movie called Bad Kitties?
3: No. Ugh.
1: Bad Kitties is a rough one. It's rough. Um, there's another one that I think captures the uh, male voyeur uh, better than any other film I've seen. It's called The Video Diary of Matty O. Final Entries.
3: Mm, I've never heard of either.
1: Okay, so... You know, the video diary, Clark uh, reviewed it, what, a couple weeks ago, and we were trying to show it this year. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't mind sending people there. What You watch it on Tubi? movie? What the hell was it on? YouTube? I, this was uh, YouTube rental. All right. I'm 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 opening windows right now, Ricky, to send you. Uh, you'll have to come back on here and, and tell us your thoughts about final entries and bad kitties. Although now that you have a kid... I'm rethinking it.
3: <laughs> don't that doesn't. Don't worry about that.
1: You're a trooper. It's the happy ones you got to watch out for.
0: <laughs> bad kitties is rough. Man. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So it, what year is that one from?
1: Which one? You're final like, entries or bad kitties?
3: Either. Are they recent?
1: Oh, no. Badio
3: was 2012. Okay. And
0: bad kitties was probably around that same time. Maybe yeah 20 uh
1: 2013. yeah okay. um bad um it's also known as bad seeds yeah bad kitties actually has like a really complicated and kind of questionable background too
5: yeah very much so. which
1: you know you love with the found footage film but it yeah that one's a little tricky i don't know where we should do like a youtube video kind of like C- encapsulating that conspiracy going on with that film but that one's about you know a couple of girls they're really mean to their the one of their moms and then they have like an adventure with drugs and stuff but it's all found footage mm. and, and and that's why i framed it as domestic
3: it's cuties but they're grown up
1: yeah it's kind of like snow on the bluff where it's not well,
3: really I love, I love snow on the bluff. S-
1: it's no snow on the
3: bluff. Well, the
1: thing I well, I mean like domestic found footage where yes. the horror is like something that could happen in your neighborhood. Sure.
3: Yeah, like real life. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Yeah. It's not like supernatural. It's like something that's still horrifying, but it's real.
1: Right. Wait, what the fuck is this? Snow on the bluff 2? No, that's fake.
5: Yeah,
3: it's not real. Video
1: 2015? Uh, I don't know. It looks real. Oh, it's real. Um, can you confirm this, Ricky?
3: <laughs> mm. I don't know anything about a snow on the bluff, too.
1: Oh, uh, Curtis Snow. It's got Curtis Snow and apparently
0: Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, go go back up to the top, please. Um, it is directed by JT the Bigger Figga. <laughs> All right.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: I I don't know. Apparently, it's only an hour and ten minutes long. It sounds like from a perfect. Twenty. Found footage.
0: It's from six years ago. All right, yeah, we got homework to do. Yeah. All right. Well, Ricky, the movie comes out uh, March nineteenth. How we feeling? You are you uh, excited? Hey. how How are you before you release these uh, release your films?
3: So originally, with this one, I wanted to do. I wanted it to be March fifth. That was my original date. So, but then I was having issues with Amazon accepting it, and I didn't know. You know, I had to keep editing. I didn't know what the – because Amazon's very vague when they accept something. They'll they'll either accept it or they won't. And they won't really tell you why they didn't. Now, you can, you know, go back and change what you think it could be. But I didn't – I wanted to do March 5th. But when I was they were rejecting it, I had to push it back because I didn't know how many times they were rejected. And I didn't want them to accept it on, like, March 3rd. And then I got two days to market and get people interested. So I pushed it back a little bit. And I think that'll help. I'll be able to do a little more kind of things that I have set up. Um, But I'm excited. I'm I it's a little ways away, but I feel like I'm getting a little more interest in this one. than maybe not the first one, but maybe the second one. And it's hard to tell. You never know. But I'm excited. I think I think a lot of people are interested and I, um, you know, I hope it does well.
0: Rick, I could tell you, as someone who's seen it, um, I think if you're a fan of one and two, then it's going to be lined up right there with three. Um, And and I'm speaking here as a fan. So uh, I urge everyone, all of our listeners, to go check it out. And uh, where can people get it?
3: So Blu-ray pre-order will actually be pretty soon. It'll be announced. But then March 19th, it'll be on Amazon Video, and Blu-ray will be at thefearfootage.com. And that'll be the only two locations that it'll be uh available at. Perfect. Yeah. Russ,
0: you got anything else for Ricky? No, I
1: Ricky, um, I love you, man. You you made a beautiful thing. It's not only a good example of found footage, but it's, you know, a, a series of films that really celebrates it. You also your premises are constantly interesting, which is really it feels like kind of a light compliment, but in the fucking world of HBO streaming, uh, you know Disney, Netflix, Hulu, Shutter, there, there's content everywhere, and yeah. y- you really you captured the imagination of the found footage uh, community. And w- when you when you're done with this trilogy, I I really would love to see another entry. So yeah, in I don't know the, in the fear footage, in just the the. I don't know. I'm tempted to be like, well, you're building a world here. You could play around adjacent, but I also would love to see you do something completely different in found footage.
3: So yeah, I feel that way too. Um, you know, maybe not completely different, but definitely something I I don't know. It's got to just kind of whatever it's got to, you know, make me want to spend, be up until four in the morning editing it's got to be something that interests me to that point so hopefully i'm sure there'll be something that comes
1: yeah and by completely different of course i mean shaky cam shot on probably a phone but you know it's about a girl who took ecstasy and found a haunted doll (laughs)
5: yeah
3: 3 a.m was actually shot on an ipad i stepped it up this time
1: on an ipad
3: yeah the first two were my phone 3 a.m was an ipad
1: shit you're evolving over (laughs) there
3: Ricky, <laughs> if, if I, my wife had got me the iPad before I made the second one, because she was like, "Well, you know, you're using your phone," but I just didn't use it. I felt I actually like using my phone better. It's it's easier to do everything. But I figured, you know, I didn't know how with storage and all. I was like, "Okay, I'll use the iPad," and it was good. I actually broke the iPad mid filming, and I thought everything was over. <laughs> oh no! How did you break it? So I was so the this. Clark, the, the scene, the, the jump scare, I believe you were talking about, yeah. is that night, I was, it was me and my friend James, who, he was the, the creature in that jump scare, okay. he was in the second movie, He's he was in Stormstalkers, so he, um, we were just, like, out in the woods, doing what we doing, and then we had to come back to my truck, and I had the, the, um, iPad on a tripod, and I had to put batteries in my flashlight, and I sat it, like, on a hill, and it. It, it sat fine and then it just fell over, hit the concrete the whole corner shattered. I couldn't do anything with it. so I had to I couldn't even get in to see like if the stuff was there, what was gonna happen So I almost thought everything was lost and I had to go uh, I had a guy repair it and everything worked out fine but you know it was one of those like oh shit, it might all be gone because I had so much done at that point and I didn't really have it backed up the way I should have. so I had some of it, but not all of it and not. Like scenes that have already been kind of completed, so it was a disaster for a little while for like two weeks.
0: Damn! Great. Now I'm gonna have diarrhea. Tonight. I do the anxiety. I, I know. Already know it's already went straight to my stomach. Now
1: I know. I know we were just about to let you leave, but I'm curious. You're shooting on an iPad. How did you do the audio?
3: Uh, right through the iPad. Dude,
1: you are the man, I, Ricky. I fucking love you.
3: <laughs> so here's a here's a fun, here's an even better story because there's to be honest, I wish I would have done a lot of behind the scenes stuff because like looking back at how I got some of this shit done, I don't even know, you know, it's just you, you're, when you're so in go mode, I'm, you just got to find solutions for things. So my, so in, in 3am Dennis, who is the main character there, he's a friend of mine. He, um, if he wasn't on screen, if you didn't see his face, it was all voiced over. So he, and it started to get cold. This was like December when we started all, when I had the whole movie constructed, I just needed to add his voice on top of scenes. So it was, It would have just took for, we would go out and try to get audio, but you get a dog barking or, or, you know, there's something and it would destroy it. So I built a homemade voiceover booth in my basement out of just a pop-up, like a tarp and then some blankets and then stuff like this. And that's how he voiced over the entire movie. And I didn't know how it was going to come out. And when I listened to it, there's parts that I hear that, uh, you know, I can kind of tell it was done like that, but for the most part, I don't know if you guys noticed, but you really can't tell. I, I, had, to,
1: I had no, no idea. idea.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, he, it was all done, but it was it was almost a comfortable way to kind of do it. We both were in the booth together and then I would I knew what I needed. So I would. The way it was done is I would be behind him. We would have the iPad up. He would be watching the scene and I would say what I needed him to say in the way I needed him to say it. And then he would say it after me. You know, I'd like, uh, uh, wh- what do you want? And then he would just follow that. And then at the end of the night, I would chop out all of me. And find the good parts that I liked of him, and that's how I put all of his audio over it. And I mean, it was it was hard to do. It was late nights doing it, but I it was the best way to get it done.
1: God, that's amazing. You know, and you mentioned documenting that for like bonus features or something. The fear footage is the type of film where you could you could work in some weird shit into an extra and make it part of the lore, and everybody would get it.
3: Yeah, that's true. And I, uh, but I also feel like the, like the way I was doing it and the way I still do it is that it's it, it's inspiring, you know. Because I like to watch shit like that. Of if somebody's thinking, you know, I don't really, I don't know how to make a movie. If like little tricks like that, you know, it, it, people could see that and go, oh, I could do that. It, you know what I mean? If it doesn't seem like it's that big when you're doing it, kind of just homemade like that. You know, I threw up some some moving blankets over top of a tarp, and we went inside it. We had two lanterns that lit it. And we did the whole movie like
1: that. <laughs> you know, what's funny when we showed it at another hole in the head post that screening, I actually was telling people to reverse because people came out and they're like, Oh yeah, that I could do that. And I'm like, hey, you know what? That movie had an audience that came in and they're kind of feisty and they're like, Oh, found footage. Okay, here we go. And they were already kind of on a, like they were putting up walls to the film already. Yeah. And you would you would shut people up mid sentence with your jump scares <laughs> and it's like i just trying to tell people that's not normal like this movie's got it's got something like there's some yeah, it, magic in it, it here
3: not, you know you you may you can watch it and say this is cheaply done that you know there's some acting that's not great the, the story's not cohesive in areas this should have been done differently but you cannot watch it and say it didn't scare you at some point i feel and that's you know that's what I'm most proud of with it.
1: And people have said that to me, and I called them a liar directly after. And Even, it's true. Maybe,
3: maybe not the first one. Or there's a part in some of this series that did.
1: I, I feel they're terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you got a puke jump scare in a movie that
0: got me three times. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> Ricky. You rule, man. Ricky, we love you. Appreciate- uh, we're we're there for the road, man. Like keep whatever you do. We're behind you.
3: I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, man. All right, Ricky, man. We love you. And um, next time you're doing something, you got to hit
5: us up. Oh, I will for sure. You guys have uh, good luck with the festival this year. Thanks, dude.